Hey everybody and welcome to episode 363 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, the finally fantastical Michael Raparez. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical Randy Craven Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? Patreon.com slash LazerTime. I'm Chris Antista. The reason your stimulus check is late. <laughs> and... Oiled bodybuilding saxophone player Matthew Allen. And special guest. I am a master of darts, T.L. Foster. <laughs> I thought you were going to rhyme, just be like darts and farts, T.L. Foster. <laughs> Thanks for rejoining us after last week. We didn't get out of plug immediately last time, but where might people have heard you? I host a podcast called PB podcast and bullshit we are getting close to our 200th episode with kayla and dylan and robert and brendan for almost 10 years now which is weird to me i also host a show with matthew allen about wrestling called cheap podcast can we get can we get brendan on our show just so i can be like hey brendan brendan <laughs> Uh, talk to your mom for me, Brendan. This this week kind of has a day after Christmas feel a little bit in that Final Fantasy VII Remake came out last week and like mm -hmm. fucking everything got out of its way. And it's, yeah, kind of the same thing talk about. this week. There's not really a lot of new releases to talk it, about. It is it is the only thing I've seen like it. If you remember like uh, the 1997, the Star Wars re-releases, like mm -hmm. that was the first time I saw people like, never mind about that March 7th release date. We're yeah. going to move. <laughs> yeah. You're going to well, move from this 20-year-old movie? Oh, I understand. Yeah, to, to me, the closer parallel was in the games industry. Like the entire month of August, people were like, you can't do that. That's when Madden launches. It mm -hmm. was like people literally avoided an entire month because of Madden. So different times. This, different this, times. Is this like the Star Wars remaster for millennials? I have constantly compared this to the Final Fantasy VII remake is like, have you ever played Lego Star Wars? Mm -hmm. The Final Fantasy remake is to that what Galaxy's Edge is at Disney World. You, you have live action people everywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, like it, it, it is. It is one of the most insane things I've ever seen, and I am not even a person who's qualified to appreciate it on every level. Mm. It, 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 I, there has never been anything like this in the video game world before. It is and super pretty. It is a, a super pretty tube for a lot of the time, but it's it, pretty. It, it's a super pretty tube, but it, it, it is also taking every single giant detail, almost everything any fan ever would have wanted other than uh, uh, active time battles. <laughs> uh, uh, you still get those, just yeah, a weird variation on them. And, and I, you know, I'll, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth later. But, like, this was like this was remade like this because Noir was playing through the game when he's going through. He's like, oh, this section that's, like, five seconds, what happens if you expanded it and, that ga and the game feels like that? Um, hmm. I've said it before and I will say it again. This is what he wants Kingdom Hearts. Like, this is, this is this his is ultimate vision of what Kingdom Hearts is. It's this game. I'll do you one better. This is the best Kingdom Hearts game I've ever played. All right. And I'll, I'll elaborate later on. <laughs> it is the best Kingdom Hearts game ever made. Yeah, I guess I guess I don't I don't share that same feeling of like, oh, this is all just feeling expanded because I last played Final Fantasy VII when it was new. And so my memories are very old and dim. So this is tickling those memory cores and reminding me like, hey, remember? Remember this? He liked this? He liked this? <laughs> And, but I, I don't remember enough to be like, oh, this feels padded out. 
that's honestly the the thing I'm most looking forward to is because I haven't played it yet is um just actually remembering what that game was truly about because it has mm-hmm. been so long since I played it and like all of yeah. this these controversial scenes and stuff people are talking about I'm like I have no memory of that thing so yeah, no, I, I'm not I'm not a person who replays this every year I've never actually I've played further into this version than I have in any version wow mm-hmm. but it, but it still feels absolutely insane it feels like it feels like someone remade a Charlie Chaplin movie on a GoPro drone. <laughs> it, it's fuck it's fucking weird and like it mm. I feel like it's a good thing, but I'm sure we're going to talk about that later on, but I yes, do yes, have to yes. say patreon.com/laserdtime. We got a video game edition of 302010 over there. New episode of Sick of Star Wars and uh, our buddy Chris Parker talks about uh life with COVID. And cool. it is it is a no, it's a best case scenario. It's one you haven't heard. Because that's not typically the thing the media wants to focus on. You have a fever? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a fever. It's but cool. COVID, COVID does the dishes for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he picks no, up after that. himself. Homeboy can't taste or smell. But um, mm. can I tell a dumb story? Like just a dumb, a, a really dumb thing that happened to us today. We were just we were out like getting like my girlfriend's cigarettes at like fucking eight in the morning. I'll bitch about that some other time. But uh, uh, no, I think it a, sounds important. You should you should elaborate on this. Now. We see a we see a homeless guy, and it's raining, and we if, like none of us carry any cash, and this is also not the best time to ask us for cash with you know half of us out of work. Mm-hmm. And 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 we were like, sorry, I don't have anything. He's like, I don't need anything. I just need a tarp. Do you have a tarp? And his buddies came out of the woodwork and like, please, if you have a tarp, uh, and like we don't have a tarp. Uh, where do you get a tarp? And like, well, even even like, do you have a shower curtain? Actually, yes, <laughs> I have. I put up a ceremonial. God, it's going to sound terrible, and just bring up the homeless. I have a Christmas, a holiday Disney shower curtain, uh, and and including a shower curtain, I just took down and just like, yeah, we have a ton of shower curtains, and then we started calling all of our friends who were close with shower curtains, and we went on a shower curtain run to give to the homeless in the rain during the COVID response. And I'm not saying give a homeless man a shower curtain, because uh, I'm sure a homeless women would like that too. Gotcha, Twitter. But, but, <laughs> but are they just uh, to keep, keep off the rain, or oh, it, it's pouring here. Oh, it is geez. fucking. Yeah. Rain. It, it will pour for days, and like people are talking about that, but not as much. Like all your stay-at-home horseshit isn't going to help the homeless very much. Yeah, that's true. And oh, yes, and, that oh, old adage: give a homeless man a shower curtain, protect him for a night. Teach him how to shower, protect him for life. That, it was. That, it was. It was more. It was wrong, more right? doing yeah. doing the best we could with what we had. No, that's awesome. We didn't know, and 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 also that's why some of the shows are late because <laughs> we were on a giant shower curtain run. But I didn't have anywhere else to say that, and I just appreciate VG VG Game Apocalypse for being topical and on time, so I could say shit that just happened. Yeah. Ah, yes. No tarps are awesome. Like you can, you can, dude. I grew up. My dad worked construction, and so there was like always extra tarps around. And yeah, when it would rain, we would just set them up as like these huge shelters. It was amazing. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Give just, a man a shower curtain. You you save him for a day. Teach a man to break and enter into vacation homes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I should have driven that's, down to Alligator Point. Mm-hmm. That's how it went. You're right, Michael. That's how it went. Yep, I just misremembered. Yep, yep, Thank you. Yep. <laughs> dumb. Anyway. So dumb. <laughs> we got. Ch- well, we've Go got ahead. a lot to talk about. Final Fantasy VII plus a bunch of other recent releases that I will not name for the moment for reasons which are about to become obvious. Don't uh, Google them. They've got a they've got a very common theme running through them, and that is that mega corporations are fucking diabolical. 
<laughs> it's it, it, it's incredibly ironic giving the distillation of all of entertainment and that mm-hmm. almost all games come out from mega corporations but it is an incredibly stable go-to enemy in any game that's not made, made by nintendo mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you make the point that it's just like well there are some good people in this corporation who should take over but the people currently in charge are bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's particularly prevalent in, like, near-future fiction or even, oh, yes. like, you know, cyberpunk and stuff, which, growing up, used to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's science fiction, mm-hmm. until it actually started happening all around us every yeah. No, every, everybody day. pushing for mass privatization of all services wants to live in a cyberpunk future. I used to laugh when it was like, oh, in Shadowrun, it's like, oh, no, they, they built these these giant arcologies for the employees to live near the campus so that they could live where they work. And then it's like you read the news, like, Google building housing on campus for employees. Yep. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was uh, I was talking to my roommate about this. Like, realistically, Costco could do that. Like, it is cheaper for you to eat your lunch at Costco, to live at Costco, mm. than to go home and live, like, a regular life. Welcome this to is, Costco. This is all... <laughs> Welcome to Costco. Yeah. This is yeah, all part of the, that the wonderful biography yeah. of Walt Disney turning evil. In that, like, I'm a workaholic, and I don't ever want to go home, and I want to keep working and keep making money, and you should, too. In fact, I never want you to leave the office. I'm going to build a barbershop and an oil change unit and a restaurant. You should never, ever have to leave. And then all of a sudden, like, wages mm-hmm. dropped, and they were like... Yeah, we don't care about your fucking restaurant, and we don't care about your fucking barbershop. We wanted actual wages, and Walt Disney's like, how dare you? I'm going to align myself with some very anti-Semitic people <laughs> and be against unions for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> but not an anti-Semite. I like it your is. Walt Disney impression. Very mid-Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> I, I mean, do we know how the man sounded. Walt He's on a weekly TV show. <laughs> Let me hear it. I want to hear it. Here? Uh, coming up next on... Just do Jay's race. We're going to talk about <laughs> who's controlling the media. I'm not naming any names, but you can tell them by silhouette. Here's Kurt Russell. Jews controlling the media? No, who's controlling the media? <laughs> uh, the you're better Zeus than Tom characters. Hanks. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm Walt Disney, and I'd like to talk to you about the uh, <laughs> you talk about the anti-Zionist movement. But first, here's Fred McMurray. And <laughs> we're going to talk about. <laughs> We're going to talk about the evils of Israel, but first, here's a promo for Blackbeard's Ghost. <laughs> Up next, meet the Nazi scientists who helped me design Tomorrowland. Okay, is Walt Disney an alt-right like YouTuber? What the, what the hell? <laughs> he would have been. He would have been the best alt-right YouTuber. My God, oh, that guy would have been talking so much shit about the Star Wars he just bought. <laughs> Did you know they had a dame be a, be a Skywalker? How dare they? All right. Well, top five evil mega corporations. right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> Chris, you got your COVID-19 test, and you passed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yes, I passed. <laughs> By getting it. Um, but I, they probably didn't tell you you had it from an automated phone call. No. I was talking to real people the whole time. Right. So have you ever been given one of those spam calls? The police and the IRS are aware of your misdoings, and like it's a robot, right? Oh, yeah. So he said, like, listen to this fucking phone call I got, I can't and wait. it sounds just like that. 
an individual who has tested positive for COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, has identified you as a close contact. It is imperative that you promptly take the following actions to protect your health and the health of others. Please self-isolate immediately in your home. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a text-to-speech program, but I get a, I get a ton of these. And this one sounds just as fake as that, but it's still like, that has to be the scariest 15 seconds. Oh. And then, and then, of course, like the dude's like freaking out. Who the fuck could this have been? I can imagine this is an automated test, and they just added in my number because they didn't want to go through the personal shame of telling me I should continue to listen. You are especially at risk because you have a tiny wiener. It is so small, and therefore you will become much thicker than an individual who had, oh, let's say, even an average size or slightly below average size weenie because your weenie is so <laughs> tiny. The CDC is reporting nearly a 100% death rate for people like you who have small wieners. This is especially troublesome for you because your weenie is the smallest weenie in the whole world. <laughs> so this is real because this dude still doesn't know who sent this to him. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Walt Disney. Walt <laughs> <laughs> the top five evil mega corporations. Evil, evil, evil fictional mega corporations. Presented by the corpse of Walt Disney. No, presented by the Pan Am Corporation. Taking us to Mars in the future, powered by purely Laramie cigarettes. We will fly to Mars based solely on tobacco. All right. Well, let's begin with... Number five. Wow. Bravo. Champagne. Cheers. High five. So clap. You got the damn power cord, didn't you? You've been warned. The kid gloves are coming off. Tighten up the big boy pants because things are going to get really, really bad for you ball hunters. Ah, yes, Borderlands. That yep. that was Handsome Jack, wasn't it? That's yeah, Handsome oh, Jack, yeah. president of Hyperion Corporation. Hyperion, that's Makers of fine, highly accurate, very corporate firearms. Yes. Not my favorite, though. My favorite hmm. corporation is the one that basically has Macho Man Randy Savage as the CEO. Yeah. Oh, who is that? Mr. Torg? I don't play that serious Yeah, enough. Torg. It was Torg. Torg yeah. was the... <laughs> so good. That was it. Was mostly in that one DLC. They really like focused on the Torg uh, uh, Corporation. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Which is the one where he's like friend zoned, and then he comes back later and say, "I've been informed that friend zoned is a sexist phrase that I should not use." <laughs> it's probably that DLC. <laughs> I've been informed that doing the friend zone year is highly, highly sexist. Yeah. <laughs> you can't come at me. I wouldn't even shake hands while commencing the mega. I won't touch the one, man. Well, maybe you don't like their guns, but how do you feel about their mortar-launching moon station? Hyperion Moonshot Blitz. Without that fresh core you brought, those lunar mortars would have pushed right through the shield. It's a giant H you can sort of see hovering in the sky, and yes. occasionally it launches yeah. missiles and enemies at you. Starving. I, I especially have loved core? how Tales from the Borderlands, we got to see the corporate intrigue more inside Hyperion because in, in the sh- you know the base games it's like you see handsome Jack but you don't really mm-hmm. see the ins and outs of the corporation and then Tails is like no we're going to explore that and show you just how backstabbing every single person in the space station is I'm so glad you set up this next clip I guess it all started with a promotion see I'd spent my entire career up at Hyperion so I 
Suppose that makes me one of the bad guys in this story. And Handsome Jack, he was the baddest guy of them all. This long. It must feel good I to finally be happy, just you know? like him. Take it. It's yours, right? I mean, you always said that. <laughs> Everyone did. I gotta be honest, I always thought it was sort of cheesy, but, uh, but hey, here Which we are. Which resulted in a company overflowing with assholes. Sounds a little bit like Goldman Sachs. Like, I feel like that was their their jab at, like, Wall Street companies, like the bro, just the bro-y nature. Yeah, that could be the Wolf companies. of Wall Street. We'd, like, we, we'd yeah. really like to fill out these reports, but we're too busy throwing little people at a Velcro wall. <laughs> and, and, Gotta keep up morale, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got too busy eating Thomas Middleditch's goldfish. <laughs> it's a Jesus. good Wolf of Wall Street yeah. reference. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. Uh, is this is this specifically from like is this an like I played the uh, a bunch of Borderlands one and mm-hmm. a little bit of two. Is this an overarching corporation well, or is it it's mostly? Two. Well, I mean they so I, they have a presence in one, but they're not really the bad guys. What happens yeah. is I think in one of the DLC. The vice president arrives with a bunch of soldiers to, to kind of restore order in this place where it's disrupted, and then somewhere between those two games, Handsome Jack seizes power, and he becomes the main bad guy. And Hyperion become the main bad guys in Borderlands Two, and yes, sort of the pre sequel. Although you're working for them for a big chunk of the pre sequel, I like. But but in both of those games, Handsome Jack is like he's this constant presence. He's like a Far Cry villain where he's sort of always in your ear and he just shows up at random intervals to taunt you or to just comment on your situation. Oh, where the hell is... Oh, I had a violin somewhere. I was going to play it all sarcastically. God damn it, it was going to be awesome. Blake, where's a bloody violin? All right, sweet, sweet. Found it. All right, this is a song for Mordecai's stupid bird. <clears throat> Any. Are you a screw you? Would have been hilarious if I found it earlier. Shut up. <laughs> but I think I think my favorite quote from him comes very early in Borderlands 2 when you're wandering around these trackless wastes. Hey, I did I did buckle suck. How's your day been, buddy? We haven't really talked much since I left you for dead. Hey, you think you'll freeze to death out there? No, probably not. Bandits will get you first. My day? Been pretty good. Just bought a pony made of diamonds. Yeah, because I'm rich. So, you know, that's cool. Goodbye. I'm rocking my brain trying to think of a name for that diamond pony I bought. I, I was going to call it Piss for Brains in honor of you, but that just feels immature. Hey, maybe Butt Stallion? Nah, that's even worse. I'll tell you what, I'll give it some more thought. He does settle on Butt Stallion. Yep, Butt Stallion is what he goes oh, with. Oh, it's good. <laughs> My favorite joke throughout all this political turmoil was a year ago, Kate McKinnon playing one of the, the older male Treasury Trump people. The guy who said, like, what happens if people lose their homes? Like, they should just apply for a loan. Like, wow, this guy's an idiot. Hmm. And she, she was like, you should apply for a small business loan. Or try sending your horses to private schools. (laughs) 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 Or public schools. Damn it, I fucked the whole joke up. (laughs) Handsome Jack is, yeah, completely, like, oblivious to the plight of the average man. He's, uh... I don't think he's oblivious. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah, Um, he's a sociopath. It's it's so funny, because, like, I feel like Borderlands 3 kind of got ripped apart for its sense of humor. Um, You know, a lot of people were saying it was really a lot of, like, toilet humor, sophomoric, and whatever. But, like, 2 definitely had that, but that 
there's some legit funny lines from two, and a lot oh, of them a lot are of coming from Handsome lines. Jack. Like yeah. Handsome Jack is one of the best parts of that game, and even. Am I spoiling Tales from the Borderlands if I say kind of how he's involved in that game? At least I mean, I what think I they, played of they it so publicized far? that beforehand. Like, you know, people, right. people, like there have been a couple of games since then. People know Handsome Jack is no longer so much in the picture. <laughs> right. But he's like a, isn't he an AI in the, in Tales where he's like in your head? It's like, like a, a ride, memory right? dump of him. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, I say go for it because what if that game's never available again? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, but that, I, I, I think they realized that, like, oh, this guy is one of the best parts of this series. We need to figure out a way to pigeonhole him in most of what we're doing this yes. point forward. Mm-hmm. The pre-sequel was one way to do that. And, like, let's let's make a game set before Borderlands 2, but close enough to it that Handsome Jack is still in power and still hell-bent on cleansing Pandora of all quote-unquote bandits who might be competing with him for the vault key that he's after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to make it clear... It's not that Hyperion's the only evil corporation in that series, because I kind of mm-hmm. feel like all of them are evil. Kinda. They just seem to be the most evil, or at least the yes. most organized about well, being they're, evil. Well, they're the most evil in the story. They're the only ones to take a primary antagonist role in, like, front and center. Yes. And I doubt this made the list, but I, I just want to give a quick shout-out, because... I've, I draw a lot of parallels between the corporations in Borderlands and then kind of what they did in Outer Worlds, those mm-hmm. corporations. Like, they, oh, yes. they felt very similar, you know, future setting where it's like basically corporations funding these expeditions into space and, yeah, maybe having uh, nefarious uh, ulterior motives uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of the things they do. World where there were never any labor unions or labor laws. It's almost like like neo-capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the genre for that. Yeah. Well, most of them, <laughs> you you basically the workers are like indentured servants, right? Like, it's kind of right. like you sign your whole life away to the corporation mm-hmm. for in exchange for room and board and and some pittance of a salary, yeah. and it's like, oh no, you actually belong to us. You're your yeah. property. It's like, what yeah. if the entire galaxy sci-fi milieu was based on the Johnny Cash song "16 Tons"? <laughs> <laughs> what a sci-fi I'm pretty was, sure it predates him but anyway sorry yeah what what a sci-fi was just fiefdom but in a new age hmm, for a yes. new generation what, what if we'd gone directly from the divine rule of kings to the divine rule of corporations with nothing in between i mean that's yeah. literally why we don't travel to space anymore mm-hmm. somebody f- deemed it unprofitable yeah yep yep it sucks <laughs> darkest timeline anyway number four this pump's sole purpose is to drain the planet dry. While you sleep, while you eat, while you shit, it's here sucking up Marco. It doesn't rest and it doesn't care. You do realize what Marco is, don't you? Marco is the lifeblood of our world. The planet bleeds green like you and me bleed red. The hell you think's gonna happen when it's all gone, huh? Answer me! Man, Uncle Barrett really gets weird at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> he was also giving off strong President Camacho vibes from, really? from the Yes, President Camacho was voiced by a white guy. That's what Barrett always reminds me of. <laughs> no, Barrett in this game is voiced by a black guy. I oh, know. Man. I'm just saying, but it's they still just like, made him look <laughs> racially. He's, ambiguous he's doing what I call game. a little a little Phil Lamar there. Like, yeah. wow, this is yeah. this is <laughs> this is a little much in, inauthentic. Um, I mean, so Bar- I think you Bar- said the word also... Mako gave that away. Yeah, yeah, right. can, I, can, I, can I ask you guys this? Because I played the first couple hours of the original FF7, and mm-hmm. I know this is part of the plot, but was this whole, like, I mean, they're fucking terrorists. 
is this recontextualized for a modern era or just no? They're still they're no. still like, terrorists. Yeah, like they're, like what, they're what, always eco terrorists. Yes. Yeah. What question are you at? Like the only thing that's different is like now we see like Shinra was behind everything, and yes. like in the first game it was kind of ambiguous. Like, did you really set the bomb in the first reactor? And this game is like very much like no, you didn't. Shinra actually was planning this the whole time. Yeah. Your, your bomb made a tiny little boom that caused some superficial damage, so Shinra blew up the okay, facility that's, themselves. I was going to ask you, because that was in the demo, so we can give mm-hmm. that away. Like, when I saw that scene in yeah. the demo, I'm like, wait, so is that saying your bomb did nothing, and Shinra's like, okay, we're just going to finish the job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which mm-hmm. is one of the things that kind of is a bummer. Like, because the whole thing I, about... I, I'm ten, by the way, I'm ten hours in, and this has not been revealed to me yet. What, mm-hmm. the, the bomb part? That's no. in the first mission? It's like the first hour. Yeah. No, but they it's set the, the bomb. Yeah, they well no, they set the bomb off, but the bomb basically does nothing. Doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then it shows some like corporate overlord dudes. No, like, I just went on a mission with the person who feels great remorse for how much power they put into the bomb. Yeah. Yes, and she, they she don't know. That. That. I know, right. but like this hasn't been revealed to me, the audience shit. I'm yes, just saying. It has. Like, yes it has. You see Heidecker and Shinra like Oh, well, I guess they didn't do it right, so let's go ahead and blow it I'm up. I'm not going to listen every time John DiMaggio talks in a video <laughs> But, but all the robots in the facility come to life and just start shooting in every direction to blow it up. <laughs> like, their bomb it's didn't true. do that. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I just wanted, to be, wanted you guys to be careful. Cause, like, Jet I, fuel I, can't melt I'm steel little... beams, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh, but, but uh, like, jet fuel hot takes can melt <laughs> steel ears and also sink steel patrons i don't know so, I am, so wait are we are we talking about the shinra power company yes the shinra power yes. company thank you yes. for saying the name out loud yeah, but but i'm basically asking like like loosely with no spoilers like like how how much of this was in like part thematically important in the original game or did they play this part down it just seems odd for so a japanese the, company to have, have no, set out with this plot and have it work so well in 2020. <laughs> Isn't okay, Shinra but, behind the whole Sephiroth experiment even in the original game? Yes. Like, yeah. The, so the, 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 the plots are not that different. Like, if they did right. one thing in, in the remake, they also did it in the original for the most part. So far, 20 hours in. But yeah. the, the, the bombing runs were still the same. You're still trying to blow up these reactors because this planet, which is just called The Planet, capital P... It subsists on the life stream and like when when things die they all go back to the life stream and so it's it's this glowing source of energy uh, that that is the lifeblood of the planet but that Shinra had figured out like some years ago like how to refine it and turn it into a, an electricity source and yes. so now the the bulk of the world is dependent on the products and services that they provide but it is literally bleeding the planet dry. It is hitting you over the head with a metaphor for environmentalism and corporate yes. greed in a very overt way. A little bit of headcanon to help you guys. Mm-hmm. So basically what they're doing is it refines Mako into Mako. So now we've mm-hmm. all been right this entire time. It's been refining sharks. <laughs> beyond, <laughs> beyond, energy. beyond the Mandela effect, I, I, like, I've tried picking up the older game and playing it numerous times. And I never, I, I just, it moved too slowly. I couldn't get into it. And this one, immediately, the remake, I'm just like, dude, let's let's stick to these assholes. Let's yeah, let's yeah. Yeah. let's but fuck I them mean, up. Like, so like, I, I, I was, I'm sort of shocked to hear that like this was the plot of the original in all of this detail. Yeah, I I, I think this gives you a little bit more of a bombastic look, and you get to see 
how bad Shinra is instead of like everyone like, hey, Shinra sucks. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I guess. Here, let me go get Cloud in the dress. Like this game, you actually see Heidecker like, <laughs> let me plan stuff out and I am an actual evil cartoon villain, like bad guy. Because uh, mm-hmm. the, like, the, Shinra, the Shinra power company is always bad. Um, the only thing that's like, the I know later in Final Fantasy VII, the original, they do a lot to make Rufus more of a like redeemable character, and to the point where in Avent Children, he's kind of a good-ish guy. But like Sephiroth, the reason why Sephiroth works is, yeah, like Sephiroth's whole thing is like, no, you guys are fucking up the world because Shinra. Like all this stuff mm-hmm. is set up because of Shinra, and their yeah. their experiments on Genova and the the um the Cetra, which are the the ancients, and like. The ramifications of that is what creates Sephiroth in the whole right. game. I think I think this is a great example of like a lot of the time when you have the evil, evil corporation trope, they are bad, but it's really the unintended consequences of their experiments that that are the real big bad of these games. And so Sephiroth is like, yeah, he he is a result of the meddling they were doing, mm-hmm. and he's like the, even their worst nightmare. And he quickly they lose control over the bad stuff that they kind of kick off and create. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's also their like research and development, like because like is the bad guy is the bad guy Shinra or is it the people they employ? Because Hojo could be considered the actual real bad guy because his whole thing was doing these experiments on the ancients um, mm. and everything like that, which put everything in catalyst yeah. and then pregnating uh, uh, Genova and everything like that. But so it's. I think in, in the remake, they kind of make that a little that question a little less subtle and answer it a little bit more clearly. I'm going to get into mild spoilers for something that happens maybe about ten hours into the game, but uh, you know before Cloud even meets Aerith, so it's not that big of a spoiler. But during the the second, if if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead like ninety seconds. During the second bombing run mission, where you're you're going to to blow up a second reactor. You get confronted by holograms of Shinra and Heidegger who are there to have their big villain speeches. The true nature of Mako is known to one and all, yet the people willfully turn a blind eye to the cost, as you must surely be aware. Don't you dare try to put this on us! If anyone's going along with your plans, it's because you brainwashed them! Such methods are beneath me. As are you, my faithful Ooh. But really, it's Heidegger who delivers a twist, and this is something new. So skip ahead a few seconds if you don't want to hear this. I'm leaving! 20 seconds. It gives more clarity to why Shinra is doing what they're doing instead of just crushing the fuck out of you from the very beginning. You fools were never in control. Never anything but pawns in our plans to sell great and glorious war to the people. Oh no, now it's a post-2001 story. <laughs> I'm about to say, is that Robo Santa? What is yes. he going to do to me? That's Heidegger. <laughs> yes. I think this is the best way of doing this because you are condensing these games. Like, so in Remake, you have to show Shinra doing this stuff because, like, you don't actually see Heidegger and Shinra and Scarlet's kind of, like, back-end plan in the, in the original Final Fantasy VII until you do the final mission in this game, which is the assault on Shinra's uh, mm. uh, building, because that's when you go in and see the, the boardroom, and you see them talk about, like, 
hey, we dropped the plate, we're going to take the Mako energy. Like, this is the way of, of keeping the player involved. Of like, no, Shinra's actually terrible, mm -hmm. you know, without having to wait until the very end of the game. I'm just saying I live in a world where I would really like to take it to a giant corporation who is harnessing energy in an appropriate way. And that game had me, the game had me, like, invested in a way that, like, the original never did. Hmm. I, Chris, it was I do know what you're saying. It was like, all great. I don't... I, like, I felt like Shinra was almost an afterthought in the original. Like, yeah, it was there, but it wasn't... Like, I was out there to get revenge mostly against Sephiroth for kind of what he had done that we all know he did. And so, like, yeah, Shinra was there, yeah, but... Yeah, give his name to a generation of anime fans' children. <laughs> <laughs> and inspire a, a wrestler to, re to name his finishing move. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I... I, I for me, it was more about Sephiroth than Shinra in the original, at least. Mm. That could just be me. Well, that's because... But, but Sephiroth is barely a presence in this because it is, like... The Final Fantasy VII Remake is, like, all of the content from Final Fantasy VII, the original, before you get out into the open world. Right. So it's, it's just Midgar. It's just the linear early hours of that game. Yeah, and if you play the original game, like, Shinra is the bad guy mm. until you get out of Midgar. Like, Shinra is yeah. set up as the ultimate bad guy. They get everything kind of set up. So you're just, like, you're you're automatically inclined to dislike Shinra. And then that's why it's a big reveal when you get to the Shinra reactor and you're like... Spoilers! I'm talking about the original game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking about Remake. But, like, you're just like, well, who is that? And that's where it becomes, that's where you're like, okay, well, who is Sephiroth? But Shinra is set up to be, like, a very bad organization throughout most of the first half of that first disc. Quick philosophical question for you guys. Do remakes hit the reset button on spoilers? I mean, no. I think, hmm. especially when it's a Nomura remake, it, they're different <laughs> games. At this point, they're just completely different games. Yeah, I, I don't know. Probably. I'm still like, I'm, I, I want to power through this as fast as possible to get to the end every... I'm avoiding all the talk about and but yeah I don't, I don't know because obviously no but like this game clearly avoided that pitfall by doing something different and I don't want to know what it is uh, and we're not going to say that here no, on the show none of us want to know what it well, is even, even if it didn't do anything different like my understanding is and this is from the producers I'm actually going to stop playing before I get to the ending because I don't want to spoil myself on it oh, nice oh. <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is though is like even if you knew the, the high points of the plot and it is just like exactly like the original they have filled in with so much deleted scene material mm -hmm. that there, there's a lot of stuff there yep. to, yeah to I mean like not to not, not to spoil anything but like you get extended scenes with the avalanche crew which like to me was very important because like when they died in the original game like it sucked but you didn't know those characters like it's like if mm -hmm. biggs and wedge from final fantasy 6 die like you spend like five seconds with them in magitech armor why does it even matter yeah but in this game like but when i get to the actual plate falling i am going to be a wreck uh -huh. Because I now know those characters. Because you're thinking about Jesse's mom's pizza. I want that pizza so bad. <laughs> the Midgar special. <laughs> I mean, even oh. in the demo, I was picking up on some flirt flirtation between Jesse and Cloud. Like, oh, you were picking up on some flirtation. <laughs> it's not. Th it's it's full on thirst. Uh, Jesse <laughs> needs a cloud, a gallon of cloud. What's the the thirsty. best meme that I've seen of it is like, just call me Goku because I'm gonna ride me a cloud. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we can talk about that more in the second segment. For now, we should yes. move along to... Number three. What do you want from me? For you to do as you're told. The Animus will allow us to locate what we need. Once we have it, you'll be free to go. I am not going back in there. Then we'll induce a coma and continue our work. When we're done, you'll be left to die. Truth be told, the only reason you're still conscious is because this approach saves us time. Oh, Abstergo Corporation yes, from Assassin's Creed. Of course, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be our list if it didn't include uh, Assassin's Creed. Exactly. No, we, I'm we shocked talk that about it's, that it's game only... every week. I'm shocked okay. that it's not number one. This I, is... I, have a, I have a ton of questions here. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I never played three. I jumped right to four. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do they still talk about Abstergo? Yes. They're, it's so different because that's where my questions – so I have played – I played everything except three all the way through. And so it it gets weird. Like Abstergo in the, in the first three games is very clearly like, oh, yeah, you're just the Templars and it's this evil thing. Yeah. And then by Black Flag, it's like, well – they're the video game company you're working for. Well, they're, in... they're a mega corporation. They have many, many arms. Their main business is is like the pharmaceutical company. That's their biggest front. The, the entire corporation is a front, but it is a massive front that controls a lot of things. And yes, the mm-hmm. video game, it's a little confusing actually as to whether they're making video games or they're making interactive animus experiences where they're like... Because in the Assassin's Creed fiction, like the Animus, this device that you use to explore your genetic memories and relive the lives of your ancestors, that actually exists. And there's been like a consumer version released to the public as an entertainment device. And it's like, you can see these carefully constructed uh, ancestral memories that we've put together and and edited into a cool adventure. And it's it's very sci-fi in that respect. But they they have their fingers in many sinister soups, to quote the monarch. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, no. That so it, it it does get a little bit weird, and, and it's less obvious of a focus. But yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. the bad guy. Yeah, they're always the bad guy. Time. Beginning with Revelations, they introduced the character of Juhani or Yuhani Otsoberg, who's this like incredibly terrifying Nordic uh, assassin, basically that heads up their security division and starts hunting your characters. And he is like technically the first playable Templar because when you're playing the multiplayer in Assassin's Creed Revelations you go through a series of cutscenes where you're playing as him and you're getting initiated into all of these uh, Templar rituals and secrets until you finally get to live the good life. Vacation homes, tranquility and privacy will surround you. Your children will attend the best schools and your parents will be cared for. Any woman or man you desire will be yours. For most, life is an unwinnable game. After all, we engineered it that way. Yeah, so for those who aren't familiar with Assassin's Creed, Abstergo is a front for the Templars. The Templars are an ancient conspiracy that wants to bring about absolute order. They are willing to do just about anything to achieve that goal. In the first game, they want to find a device and put it in a satellite so that they can brainwash everybody into following their orders. Unlike President Shinra, they are not above it. 
We will drink orange juice after brushing our teeth. <laughs> if it gets and and uses aren't they the devices of the precursor yes, race yes, that the, was like the here first civilization, the Isu, whatever you want to call them. But yes, that entire series is about finding the seemingly magical remnants of a long dead species that like outclassed us by thousands of years technologically and yeah. and like it's the assassins who want absolute freedom trying to keep these devices from the templars who want to use them to instill absolute order or as warren vidic explains the human race calls out for direction they want to know why they're here what they're meant to do well we're going to tell them and once they understand how to live their lives everything will be better Better how? An end to all conflicts, large and small. Isn't that what you assassins strive for? Peace in all things? Yeah. And I think in, in later years, the series has kind of made a point of blurring the lines between the assassins and the Templars. I was just about yeah. to ask you. Yeah, I was just about That's to ask you. That's what I it, asked it in the beginning. It used to be black and white. Yeah. Like, okay, assassins are the good guys. Templars are the bad guys. The Templars used to be absolutely diabolical. Like, we will are, are completely ruthless. We will stop at nothing. We will kill yeah. anyone. We will destroy entire towns. And then Kristen Bell became mm. unaffordable. <laughs> <laughs> but but since then, yeah, they've shown that, like, absolute chaos or the, you know, with the free absolute freedom the assassins are preaching can have a dark mm-hmm. side too and so they they occasionally will explore that like i, I feel like odyssey did that really mm-hmm. well um especially the odyssey dlc there's some there's some cool yeah, segments absolutely. There. there are cool segments yeah. there but i think the the templars were kind of at their most sinister in assassin's creed 2 and brotherhood where one of my favorite parts of those games was uncovering the glyph and cluster puzzles which were all about kind of giving you a look behind the scenes at the modern Templars and like what the conspiracy had done between the Renaissance and the modern day. And uh, you get to see like, here's a photo of the Supreme Court. And if you zoom in on it with this special viewer, you can see a Templar ring on Chief Justice Roberts's finger. And, and there's stuff about like Thomas Edison conspiring with Henry Ford to let Hitler run rampant across Europe because we're all Templars and this is how we have our fun. Then there's this phone call, which still I feel I find kind of chilling even now. This is somebody calling their cable company, by the way, a recording. I go to change the channel from 172 to 173, and instead, uh, there's this other channel in between. I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, some kind of menu. Sounds like our guide channel. Why, just the other day, Jimmy... It's not the guide channel. It has my name on it, my son's name, and a list of things we like. My credit card purchases, loans, travel... And then after that, there's this gibberish about biometric patterns and optimal screen refresh frequencies. There's some kind of heart monitor things that says EEG wireless next to it and ARAS. I don't know what the particulars of this are, but it looks like your cable is programmed to have some kind of effect on our bodies. And then they transfer the call to uh, another line and someone answers like, oh, this is a big problem. Our our, uh, technician will be out in a few minutes. And like, daddy, someone's banging on the door. <laughs> I love when the voice actors you can tell are Canadian. Like that dude was so <laughs> Quebecois. I was just um, expecting like, all right, all right, Shug. Well, that's just the that's just the uh, Google ad says. Just read your email, Shug. Mm-hmm. You're just good to go. Well, <laughs> what I, I mean, all that ever happened to me when I flipped channels is just scrambled Spice Channel. So yeah. you know, it's, it's, oh, that's it's just good. a very specific type of pornography. We're gonna have to charge you for that. 
<laughs> it's all right, Suge. You know those three those three colors that you see, green, black, and red, is just going to show you a boo for like five seconds, but it'll go away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I loved diving into the conspiracy, especially in, in earlier games. I feel like the more we know about the Templars, the less scary they become. But, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's still kind of like... You want to make them them complex, but at the same time, like you have to keep them as compelling villains. So it becomes sort of like a, a the rest of the corporations that we've seen depicted. And it's like there are good Templars, probably, but there are also a lot of really really bad ones, and the really bad ones yeah. seem to be the ones in control. I I do love how the Templar power. Um center has shifted whereas like in olden times you know they would be like the knights right they 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 mm-hmm. were focused around the knights because they worked for the king and so that was where power was centered and then for a while there like assassin's creed 2 time they were taking over the church because the church was was a big source of power in in you know that uh life at that time mm-hmm. whereas then now in modern times it's like no corporations because corporations are where the focus yep. of power yep. is and it's like they they have just adapted to be like well where can we operate just kind of just barely under the radar legally yeah. and, and and also it's like pretty much anyone who has ever been in power or a noteworthy historical figure has either been part of this conspiracy or has been affected by it in some way mm-hmm. yeah so george washington not a templar but his brother was according to assassin's creed i also, george I also washington yeah. <laughs> i also love that the initial assassin's creed i think kind of flipped the script on how these organizations would traditionally be depicted that like I, I think normally you would have the heroic knights templar and the villainous assassins and right. the other way around it's like that's cool that's this, an interesting games, recontextualization yeah the thing i love about these games it's it's like they just let a, like a, a big history nerd like hey mm. you love history just write your own fan fiction it's like okay well leonardo da vinci created all these assassins items yep and <laughs> he perfected the hidden blade i think Kristen, you do a laser time i know you did it about like uh not pop culture through the lens of nintendo but it's like history through the lens of pop culture so all i know about the knights templar is one of them waits around near the holy grail the whole time waiting for you to make a good or a bad decision mm-hmm. and then the rest of them just are trying to run the world in, in a shadow organization fighting the assassins you have chosen wisely two of my TDs. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that Beyonce song, like "Who runs the world?" Knights. Who runs the world? Knights. She was she was making a deliberate Sega reference, and I'm surprised you didn't pick up on it. <laughs> but yeah, Abstergo diabolical. So why are they only number three on the list? Well, where they're diabolical, this next company just does not give a fucking shit. Number two. The outbreak occurred in the summer of 1998. It started in the American Midwestern town of Raccoon City and brought hell to Earth. The T-virus was developed as a biological weapon, proliferating amongst the unsuspecting public. It metamorphosed them into living death zombies. Zombies. You know, it's worse just how smug he sounds telling yeah. recounting say, all like, this history. Wesker makes... sounds like he sounds like a pervert. He sounds like <laughs> a, a glass yes. a glass circling pervert. He's <laughs> deriving <laughs> sexual pleasure from everything he's describing to you right there. Yes, the T virus when we were in the laboratory. <laughs> yes. It was so great. The exquisite rot in the zombie's face. 
Yes, this is, of course, Umbrella Corporation from mm-hmm. Resident Evil, one of the other inspirations of this list because of yep. RE3 Remake. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Oh, Resi Evil. Resi. Resi. <laughs> is it Resi? Uh, is it Resi? Umbrella Corporation is, like, they are just awful in these games. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no redeeming factor no. of them at all. It's like, like they, oh, they, have, <laughs> they have a barely maintained uh, pharmaceutical front, and then really they're all about making bioweapons and uh, selling them to unstable countries. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I still think what, what, one of the best like, things about like, the movies is that, do you remember the first trailer, which was a commercial for Umbrella Corporation? Yes. Or it, it might, it might like not have been the first movie. for a beauty product? Yes, yes. That was still one of the best things because it shows you like, yeah, that's exactly what their public front would look like. It would be clean yeah. and, you know, yeah, it would be attractive and everyone would be like, ooh, I want that product. Mm-hmm. And before they wreaked havoc and killed entire cities full of people with their bioweapons. Yeah, I think yeah. Th- those movies. I think uh, Mia Jovovich's character is it Alice? She she yes. might be the only character that I will accept the argument. This is a Mary Sue about just because it's like she's super powered. She's inserted into existing narratives, and all the existing characters just suddenly fall in line behind her because she's just that awesome. She's oh, wait, the villain, like, dude. Come on. Give her, give I'm about to say, are you, are you telling me that Alice, the super genetic ninja, is not an actual? <laughs> character to fi- in the rest of the evil series no surprisingly <laughs> now imagine you skipped two and three and, and went straight into four and like she can teleport like no one can do this in the resident evil series. you guys know <laughs> way more about these movies than i would have suspected I've i know seen two, I, and I they're both most they're, of them at one point i've both, seen a lot two of, of the they're the worst movies i've ever seen and the fact that the public loves them is insane i think the fifth one like she's in a she's in an, uh, in a helicopter with a clone of herself that has all these superpowers, but then she gets it Metroid away before she runs into Chris, who's in like a a desert prison. This these is also the fourth. This is also stupid. the fourth movie too. She loses every power from the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> she got Mega Man. Oh man, these movies are fucking terrible. But but Resident Evil, I just want to see like is is there one. Is there one like I want to see the PowerPoint of everything Umbrella Chronic, the Umbrella Corporation want to do going right? Hmm. How is this supposed to be wonderful? Right? Well, there's nothing. <laughs> How are you supposed that, to get repeat business? <laughs> nothing they do work. Like even so, even the mansion experiment where they're like where they're creating the tyrants, it goes tits up. And Albert Wesker, like he he doesn't die, but you think he fucking gets destroyed by a tyrant. Like, it's mm-hmm. it makes no sense why people are like, yeah, let's keep on funneling money to the Umbrella Corporation. But, but that's the thing. You pay attention and you start to notice, like, there is another layer. There's basically, like, a behind-the-scenes thing going on in all of these games that there are, like, Umbrella operatives that are secretly running the show. Like, the, the uh, Spencer Mansion thing, like, I think in in terms of the lore, like, that was all a deliberate experiment to test the combat capabilities of these bioorganic weapons against stars, like the, these expendable members of this elite police force that, for, for whatever reason, a Midwestern city with a population of 100,000 had. And yeah, we're just, we're just going to pair them up against each other, make them fight. <laughs> but but yeah, like you find out like, oh yeah, these, these terrifying monsters, like a lot of the time there's somebody at the controls. Like behind the scenes, off somewhere remotely, just watching, hmm. which which yeah. makes it really creepy. It's yeah. Raccoon City, yeah. after yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and the, and the the thing that like was like 
Especially, like, it's funny to think about now that Albert Wesker is basically, like, this, like, cartoon villain. It's like, in that first game, he's just a fucking scientist. It's like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, turns out I created this whole thing. And now he's, oh, I've injected myself with all the umbrella, umbrella cells and... I'm now the super fucking villain. But they don't turn me into a zombie. <laughs> oh, fucking Albert That's pretty Wesker. Good Wesker. <laughs> <laughs> but the important thing is, uh, to, it's important to stress Umbrella's core values. Commitment, honesty, integrity, these are the core values that create the foundation for Umbrella. It's this foundation that will continue to build a brighter future for all of us. It's another thing a lot of these have in common. A brighter future, a brighter tomorrow. Um, I'm just going to let Wesker sum it up more succinctly. Umbrella's mission statement had always been preserving the health of the people. But beneath this bright statement lurked the shadow of Oswell E. Spencer's ambition. Yes, Oswell E. Spencer, Wesker's mentor. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of a... A common theme amongst villains just in fiction period is they they think what they're doing is going to uh improve society at large you know and and mm-hmm. you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet mm-hmm. you know society will be better when i kill most of it and have to make fewer decisions exactly <laughs> let's simplify everything Unlike real-life villains, which we're seeing, they're really just in it to make as much money for themselves mm-hmm. and their families as mm-hmm. possible. My children are fighting, therefore I shall cut them in half and have one! <laughs> uh, well, like, that sounds like a Resident Evil. I think that's the plot right. of Code Veronica, actually. Or something in the Bible. but <laughs> That, too. <laughs> That is the opposite of the story in the Bible. <laughs> in the story in the Bible, the two women claim that the child is theirs, and so the wise King Herod says, Do you want to over-Bible yeah, me? No, she says, take him. I would rather see him alive with you than ha- cut in half. Yeah. Yes, I remember this, Matt. Do not out-Bible me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that, that, that kid turned into will come at you. like a flatworm and went on to live two very <laughs> fulfilling lives. Yes, after yeah, Moses I'm, I'm, hit it with his with his uh-huh. staff. That's yes, right. Yeah, you yes, got it. And he turned into a snake. I'm pretty sure the shitty mom would have, like, sold that kid into slavery or something like that. <laughs> yeah, probably. I wish we still had forums so I could say the shitty mom is available now. <laughs> as I'm pretty sure the shitty mom would have just, like, left him in her car or something like that, you know, for a long period of time. Back to Resident Evil. Again, okay. common theme. What is it? That there are good people and bad people at the company, <laughs> and you get to partner up with a good one in Resident Evil 3. I'm with the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service. UBCS was short. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You guys are the ones who caused all of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? We're just here to help you. What's wrong with Umbrella? What's wrong with Umbrella? Oh my god. What indeed. I do like god. the idea that by, uh, Umbrella has at least two completely different clandestine security forces, one of which is to be like, we're a bunch of cool mercenaries who publicly mop up bioweapons and save civilians. And another is like, we are terrifying gas mask wearing assholes who just cleanse experiment sites and eliminate all witnesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, Carlos uh, Oliveira, like, is one of my least favorite, like, characters in that franchise. Like, he's, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of him. But, like, I, I think that wing of like umbrella is always so under like under representative because i think from when they started doing a lot of the movie stuff and a lot of like 
the deeper lore game stuff, we just saw Umbrella as the ultimate evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like even like the the animated movie, which is not bad. Um, I think that's Resident Evil Outbreak, or is that a game? I'm not that's sure. A game. Okay, that's a game. Uh, but the Resident Evil people know, and they'll they'll say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Resident Evil animated movie, like it's not bad, but Umbrella are, are that Michael? Like they're the 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 villains in the mask. Who are just mowing down people because they have like put out this fucking virus out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think what it shows is like if a big evil corporation, they, of course, they would have that unit because they need to cover their track and be like, well, no, no, see, we have your best interests at heart, and we and we have these contingencies set up for these things, and of course, they're not properly staffed, they can't get the job done, and it's like, yeah, they're ineffectual. Like it's you're you're paying it lip service, you're not actually caring about whether or not they can contain this thing that you've unleashed. I can't tell if I'm listening to Matt or watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, these lists have been hitting really close to home. Like, yeah, as, as much as I say there's always someone behind the controls, like a lot of the time it's like some shadowy military asshole who just somehow manages to stay alive to the end through unknown means. Because you find a lot of like ransacked laboratories full of dead scientists that have been torn apart by their own creations in these games. <laughs> you think the word would have gotten out, you right? Think, like, you think. <laughs> like, like you hear one time what happened to the Tom, the scientist, and the whole science community is like, hey, uh, just be careful with your experiments. No no more of this shit. We're so gonna, so gonna many notes like, oh god, the experiments are wandering the halls. Why did we make naked zombies <laughs> that regenerate? Oh, what were I, we thinking? I can just like imagine somebody going across that... That's fucking bullshit. Bullshit <laughs> yeah. ass scientist, quote unquote, un- undermining Umbrella and their great effort to make the world a better place. Yeah, Umbrella, umbrella, umbrella not from, that gradu- The guy graduated from Harbor, Harvard. However, he's a never Westerer. And I don't think trust him. I, I went to Umbrella Academy with him, and trust me, I know what he got in his biology courses. Okay. I so. love the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> It's right. my favorite streaming show. I forget which one it's on. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Umbrella would probably be number one on this list. And the number one would probably be very unremarkable as mega corporations and video games go. Except for something that came out a couple weeks ago. Number one. I'm willing to take full responsibility for the horrible events of the last 24 hours. But you must understand our interest in their world was purely for the betterment of mankind everything has clearly gotten out of hand now yes but it was worth the risk i assure you the hints in the music on that is, one is, is, that, is this, that optimus prime <laughs> it uh, sounds a lot like him doesn't it <laughs> it's, that is this be... cyber is this is this cyber thq this is Cyber Bethesda, thank you very uh-huh, much. Uh-huh. Uh, this would be Doom Eternal. Yes, well, <laughs> it, it's specifically the Union Aerospace Corporation. The cleansing of Earth is a necessary step on the path to a brighter tomorrow. Again with a brighter tomorrow. Wow, I remember that shit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, but they, they, the Union Aerospace Corp. Uh, in the original Doom games was just like, it was like Wayland yutani It was like an unremarkable, industrial, maybe vaguely sinister mega corporation that, uh, that was, sweetie, that I, can we point, that is an excellent comparison. <laughs> well, Doom is basically based on, it's aliens with demons. I know, I know, but just like Wayland yutani like in nerd circles, like you say that, like, oh, 
Oh, what an evil corporation. But, like, they didn't do shit in the first, like, two movies. Yeah. Right. Like, but, I mean, this is the same thing. Like, it does have, like, that very, that kind of vibe overturn. Like, especially, like, the uh, Prometheus era, Will and Yutani. It's, like, they kind of same like, overtures in, like, in, in Doom. Is that the one where Mr. Wayland is still alive? Spoiler. Out of out of nowhere, just like <laughs> oh, I was alive the whole in the back room where no one thought to look at me. I was there. Was the he whole played time. by Lance me, Austin? No, he was played no. by um. Was it Guy Ritchie? No, it's Guy Pierce. Guy, Guy Pierce, Pierce. Huh. Guy a Pierce. British guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone except Lance Henriksen should play him. Well, who who was? Yeah. yeah, he was the inspiration Bishop? for the look of the robot. For, for because Bishop, of yes, the, and he he yeah. played Mr. Wayland in Alien versus Predator. Yes, I know. I met him during the, the oh, film nice. or during That's production. Cool. Then. Uh, at, at a Comic Con, actually. Wow, it was beyond cool. And I've told that story on the show where it's like. What what would you picture him doing the first time you saw him outside of a hotel? What, what would you picture uh, Hendrickson doing? Eating a, a greasy sandwich out of no. A bag. If you if you said smoking <laughs> a pack of silt cigarettes, bing bing ding ding ding, you would be right. I would have guessed uh, slipping a homeless man a dollar and saying, "Okay, where's my kiss?" Oh God. <laughs> um. No, this is uh, Waylon Yutani though never went as far as to try to harness the power of demons or aliens for energy. Like that's these true. Other guys. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing that in in like the original games, like they were running experiments with teleporters, and it was kind of an event horizon thing where it was like, "Whoops, we opened a portal to hell! Now there's demons everywhere uh, on Mars and then on Earth." But in the 2016 soft reboot, they've opened portals to hell and are using them to cycle and energy through and sending it from Mars to Earth to power everything. It's it's the new clean energy source, Argent Energy. And then you're introduced to someone, Olivia Pierce, who has other ideas for how she can use her position with UAC. All the rumors, the human sacrifices, the hell portal, the demons, it's all true. My sisters and brothers, be thankful. You will be the first. You will have a seat alongside them, just as I will, in what will become the new world that they create for us, starting now. And by the time Doom Eternal rolls around and Olivia Pierce's cult has taken over the UAC and helped the demons invade Earth, it's just become ridiculously cartoony. Remember, demon can be an offensive term. Refer to them as mortally challenged. That might be one of my favorite parts of Doom Eternal, actually, is just wandering around and these little holograms of this, like, chipper UAC uh, spokesperson popping up and she just spouts those, those weird little lines, like... The UAC, because it takes a lot of hard work to make a prophecy happen. Like she's very enthusiastic about the the demons coming I, in and ransacking I, everything. I hate her. Did we all die in an area over and over again where she just said the same thing repeatedly? Probably most yeah. of what most of what you're playing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I died a lot yeah. in that game until it got to the point where I like started to see through the matrix, and then I just started moving right. so quickly through all the demons. It's I like know. this doesn't feel like any game I've I ever st- played. I started to see through the Matrix and then right into Animal Crossing. I fucking hate myself. For it. I hate Animal Crossing yeah. so much. And no- I'm so Nook done with Inc. It. is the number zero on this list because Nintendo has taken a lot of steps to make sure that Tom Nook is not per- perceived as evil 
He adopted yeah, they... Tommy and Timmy off the streets. He lets you pay off your loan at your own pace. Interest free. Mm-hmm. And and they keep okay. busting him they keep busting him down into like friendlier areas. I yeah, yeah, I sling a little bit of I sling a little bit of real estate as mm-hmm. I also sell some doilies, but I yeah. also yeah, I sell homes. I, I here's one thing. I get it rent free. But he's always like, Oh hey, you've hit your you've paid off your mortgage. Congratulations. You know, that house looks pretty fucking shitty. What if <laughs> I increased it every time? Every time, like you paid money. off your loan really fast. What if I but build color, another room for three times what I charged you to build the last one? The color no, I, of your roof makes you look like a queer. <laughs> like I, now I know you like that house, but what if there was a basement you could put a pinball machine in? Ooh. That would just be a hundred thousand bills. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. Oh, that basement's way more than a hundred thousand bells, my friend. I hate to tell you. <laughs> Uh, I don't hate no on Tom Nook. The true, we, we know the true, I can't believe there are so many evil corporations to choose from. We're like leaving people like Black Mesa off this list. Is Black like, Mesa really yeah. evil though? I don't know. Because like we never, I feel like I never saw the end of what their fucking goal is. Yeah. Well, I, I almost just thought of them as like, oh, they're like a, either a government research laboratory or some kind of defense contractor. But All they right, hire Michael, a lot of MIT Michael, grads. This is how okay, you know they're, they're evil. evil. Do you want to know what their motto is? What's their motto? Working to make a better tomorrow oh, for all shit. mankind. No! That's, <laughs> a, that's a red stuff. fucking flag right there. <laughs> yes. Let me let me pose this out here. And I don't think it was brought up because you guys don't play the series um, as much as I do. Team Rocket. Now, mm. why is Team Rocket an evil organization? They're an evil, they have, are they a corporation or are they like a crime family? They, they are, have unlimited funding. They have executives. Mm. Team Rocket has executives in every game that they're in. Uh, they have their hands in the Cerulean, um, the Cerulean business, uh, running a gambling parlor. Um, they also have their hands in trafficking Pokemon. But mainly, they created the Pokemon Mewtwo after cloning Mew and then doing experiments on it and burning down Cinnabar Island. They have Take they have taken waste of a whole uh, economy in the Kanto region, and their boss was a gym leader, which is a status of of economic boom in the Pokemon world. I say that Team Rocket is a top tier criminal organization that but, it should be. But in the cartoon, it's just Jesse and James and Meowth. Okay, but in the cartoon, they are shown as being bumbling fools of that organization. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni is still doing these things in said anime cartoon. All right. Fair. I've only watched a few episodes (laughs) 30 years ago. Mm. (laughs) Well, 20, but, you know. And even then, I should have been put on a watch list. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. That that cartoon, back when you guys watched it, was terrible. Uh, Mm. But now it is actually really good (laughs) and some of the best anime. I I should have stuck with it for another eight years. (laughs) I'll never so forget weird. when my sister came to me and asked, have you watched Digimon? I think it's actually much better than Pokemon. Well, okay, so look. <laughs> I'm not going to do a whole Digimon thing. I could, but I'm not. Please don't. But season season three of Digimon uh, deals with how to, how to deal with the death of a pet, mm-hmm. depression, suicide, uh, wanting to kill everybody because your pet died. Uh, yeah, that third season is tremendous, and I know fans are going to listen to this, like, yes, TL, you're absolutely right. It is really great. Mm-hmm. Did you want Tamers? Go watch it. It is really fucking dark for no reason. 
Nah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> How would you rate it on a Big Bird to Mr. Hooper scale? Uh, it's a it's a it's a solid Mr. Hooper. It's a solid oh, wow. Mr. Okay. Hooper. Yeah, yeah it's it's so dark man. I I I honestly no joke. So the guy who created it, uh, like went on to create very disturbing like horror series. Mm-hmm. It's a really good. The third season of Digimon is really good. And it also is a parody of, like, the big, uh, like, anime card game bullshit boom. Like, the whole the whole series, like, they wanted to, like, hey, we have this card game. Why don't you, you know, make the series about that? He was like, okay, I'm going to show you how greed can ruin this, how all this stuff can ruin this. And it's, like, this weird political satire of the card game industry and... Like, the bullshit, like, selling kids toys industry hidden between po- uh, hidden between Digimon. It's a tremendous series. It's really good. It's true. Nobody should ever buy toys for kids. Only toys for, for grown-ups. Hey, Adult men I, in an eternal state of adolescence. I have a feeling we're reaching the right audience. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have, like, three Gunpla that mm-hmm, I need to mm-hmm. be creating because... I have no control over my life, and the tall geese looks really great. Is it made out of tall geese? No, the tall geese is the is the gun. I'm not. I'm not Why doing this. I'm not this? doing this. I'm not getting attached for like a Gundam. <laughs> That's oh. not going to happen. <laughs> if we're talking about Gundam, it's probably a sign we need to take a break. So we are going to take that break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some Final Fantasy fucking remake and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. I play it the company way. Wherever the company puts me there, I'll stay. But what is your point of view? I have no point of view. Supposing the company thinks... I think so, too. Well, now, what would you say? Uh, I wouldn't say. Uh, say. (laughs) Your face is a company face. It smiles at executives, then goes back in place. The company furniture. Oh, it suits me fine. The company letterhead. A valentine. Uh, Is there anything you're against? Unemployment. Let's get scratching. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. George Lucas might have made the most wonderful anti-capitalist movie we've ever seen and be enjoyed by millions. I respect that. And and we'll never but we also in our current reality will never get anything like that from Disney again that challenges things on the level that Phantom Menace is starting with from Disney ever again. So I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> but but like I hate the one of the newer movies for different reasons and because yeah, it's right. bad art. But so but this is bad art for different reasons with good intentions. Whereas that one, I don't think, came from a place of good intentions. It came from a place of pandering and appeasement and mm-hmm. and, and trying to make the most money possible oh, by, yeah. by trying to rock the fewest boats. Mm-hmm. This movie... Sorry, Jeremy, you, 
You no. go. <laughs> no, 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 no. You 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 nailed it. I've I've pretty much got to the point of mind. You go. The, 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 the reason why because you know more about the history of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and I did. Uh, who did in 1999? Like I was yeah. I I, sh- I was in college. I should have known better than both of you. And now I understand. <laughs> like it's the the, like, the trade federation is like an analogy for like ancient Carthage. If anybody even remembers ancient Carthage, they were. Is that what I have between my bones? Yeah. <laughs> I went to this movie to watch lightsabers and, and fucking. <laughs> Oh, that's sick of Star Wars available exclusively at patreon.com slash laser time along with weekly bonus shows over 100 movie commentaries exclusive bonus podcasts and more for just five bucks and that's in addition to the brand new show sick of Star Wars an angst written podcast saga told in nine parts listen long and prosper this is so wizarding Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's something you may remember from 30 years ago. But Tremors is just Jaws in the desert. Yeah. And it... It fucking it fucking rules. It fucking rules because it's it's a B movie that knows it's a B movie. It's got a nice light sense of humor. It's fun. I mean, it's, yeah, sometimes it's scary, but mostly it's I'll call it a horror comedy. Yeah, um, the effects are yeah. wonderful. <laughs> you know, and it's just a bunch of these rednecks out in the middle of the desert in Perfection, Nevada, dealing with yeah, just. Dirt jaws, dang yeah, worms. Alien dirt jaws that pick up on the small <laughs> vibrations you leave on the land. So Ooh. if you're a little kid and you've played the floor as lava, that's what the movie becomes. Like them trying to jump from one <laughs> area to the oh other. My God, that is such and a good point. It, you're like, right. It's floor is lava the movie. This movie floored me because usually I had some knowledge of what I was about to see. This is a Disney thing. Are you like Care Bear? Shut up for an hour. Uh, but th- this was like, this blew my fucking mind. And I love this movie forever. Yep. How did and Reba McIntyre uh, get all mixed up in this? My question. She I was, don't know, but she's great. Yeah, it, well, one, she I think she wanted to show that she could act, but like on the countryside, she's uh-huh. like tearing it up. So yeah. there's a certain portion of America knows she's exactly the peak of her who powers. she is. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting yeah. there. And, 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 and Michael Gross introduced me to, I never heard of an elephant gun anymore, but I've never heard the name of a gun be like, I get it. <laughs> I, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's an alt thirty four five caliber. Like no, it's an elephant gun. Mm-hmm. That's why it almost flies <laughs> out of his hand every time he tries to fire it at a fucking grab boy. It's actually called yeah. that mm-hmm. though because elephants invented it. Oh, <laughs> nobody knows this. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. Barrel roll, barrel Uh, bringing us in, that is Do a Barrel Roll, the uh, classic remix of the even more classic line by actor Rick May, who died of COVID-19 at 70 this past week. It's very sad. The voice of Peppy Hare has left us. I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. It's like, oh, wait. This is actually really fucking sad. It's really fucking sad. <laughs> yeah. Now, he was also the soldier in Team Fortress 2, and then yeah. uh, he was Dr. M in Sly 3, Honor Among Thieves. Yes. Yeah. And he was also um, Andros in, yes. uh, in, in uh, uh, that Star Fox game. There yeah. we go. He is an iconic <laughs> talent. Uh, 
who's died tragically of a disease or, as some would say, uh, he probably would have died of flu anyway. So, um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> this has actually been the longest ever delaying tactic before pushing this button. <laughs> Gotcha. I gotcha. Oh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, will be Ew. talked about in a second. I just want to uh, acknowledge that Fantasy Star Online 2 came out on Xbox on Wednesday, and I didn't know that was happening. What kind so, of uh, Windows Phone buying alternate <laughs> like person do you need to be like, I'm really more of a Fantasy Star person when the Final Fantasy remake comes out? I, I just wanted to call it out real quick, because I'm going to talk about it for 30 seconds. One is free, it. and one uh-huh. is $60, and so maybe you can expect our thoughts on the eight-year-old game next week. Because- yes. Well, I, I, I feel like People who are, like, a little bit older than my generation, who grew up on Fantasy Star and Fantasy Star Online for the mm-hmm. for the Dreamcast. Yes. This is, your, this is your thing that you've been waiting for forever. I didn't play it because I was a baby. Aww. But... <laughs> who but, are these people? Uh, <laughs> we should have them arrested. There's no one that's been waiting for this. I mean, I know... I mean, I wouldn't say I've been waiting for it. I enjoyed Fantasy Star Online. It's basically... Diablo. I played Fantasy Star Online... And I did like it, and there is no reason to touch that game in 2020. <laughs> At <laughs> but all. I'll do it, At because all. I lead this show, and I have to. But Final Fantasy VII Remake is the one we want to talk about. I've been yes. playing the shit out of it. I am... I think 23 hours in right now, probably at least an hour and a half of which I've just been leaving the game paused and idling while I go off and do other things. But uh, I'm uh, I actually very like, impressed is, with it. This so is far. really stupid. I, I have a lot of interruptions in my mm-hmm. gameplay. If you go to the save menu, mm-hmm. the, the the clock will pause. If mm-hmm. you don't, it will not pause. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I have found that to be a fact, yes. Oh. Right. But but uh, it's, it's, yeah, seriously, like I have one save men save in the same chapter that's like six hours in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I just left. But what, what what chapter are you on, Chris? Uh, seven, six. So yeah, we're about the same spot. I'm yeah. at I'm at I'm, chapter I'm at chapter six. I think I'm at twelve. Okay, it's it's What's, the the plate dropping time. Yeah, because you're past uh you're past the whole stuff with uh his dick uh, is so big. <laughs> you're you're past with the cross dressing stuff and all that. And yes, like yes, that. and I want to yeah. say I love the way <laughs> the cross dressing was handled. I think it's like the the uh, the dance mini game that leads up to it is so beautifully detailed, and they found a way to do quick time events that does not distract you from the action on screen. Uh, and uh, I I really love the positivity. That it ends with that, like this character who gets you dolled up in a dress is like, you know, beauty is an expression of the heart, and it, it's not tied to any notions of gender. Never be afraid. It's also, like, everyone oh, in this game nice. is pretty, even the fat, ugly people. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, look, Wedge is considered to be a fat character. Wedge is a good-looking character. Mm-hmm. Wedge is a good-looking character with a great personality. Yeah, he looks kind of like Badger from Breaking Bad. He is Badger from Breaking Bad. <laughs> he is, yeah. It's Matt Jones. <laughs> no, is it Badger is Badger. It Bad. is him. Hmm. Did you not? No, sorry. Is, is it the to... actor? Yes, oh, it I didn't is. Know that. that is Badger from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes, awesome. just like uh, just like Don uh, Don Corleo is 
Mark Hamill. Like, there's just a lot of really great voice acting in this game. I'm really curious now, like, is Chocobo Sam Sam Elliott? Because he sounds just like him. (laughs) Sometimes you shoot the Chocobo, sometimes it shoots you. You know I had to shave half my mustache off to do the voiceover recording for this game. It was getting in the way, rubbing the microphone. I'm going to want you to not turn off the power button. (laughs) The only way to get past this area is here. Just get right on that chocobo and right all the way down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you switch to a different PlayStation profile. Sometimes a profile switches, switches on to you. you. <laughs> uh, but 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 uh, like I, I can't. I don't know the game well enough. Uh, as much as any of you, having not finished the original Final Fantasy VII, but it does seem like the unironic okay version of like wish fulfillment of everything you could possibly do within this thing we already knew mm-hmm. and it that makes it totally different from the resident evil remakes which are just like these are competent playable new versions of this game whereas this right. is just like everything every detail you cared about every detail the most obsessed person would obsess over yes. is now expanded and, and blown up and bigger well it takes so what was originally like the first five hours of the original game all in Midgar. Basically everything that happens between the start of the game and when you first get to like the big open world uh, map and it stretches it out. It expands it to a 40 hour narrative. Um, It is, is hefty. It is extremely pretty. It has my PS4 Pro sounding like a fucking jet engine. Every time I play, like I take off the headphones like via. Like my my girlfriend's like, what's happening? Did something happen in your house? Like, no, the Xbox One, the Xbox One isn't on. That's what's mm-hmm. happening. Like, <laughs> uh, Michael, actually, you had a very interesting theory. Is it something you are okay sharing on the show about what you think will happen? Sure. So, what here's here's my hope, because so this is a forty hour adventure on current gen hardware that mm. ends just before you would get to the open world. So it's all the Midgar content. My right. hope is that this is the ground zeros for the actual f- bigger Final Fantasy VII remake that they've been working on for roughly the past 15 years. Mm. And that when that finally does come out, it will not be an episodic series of discrete adventures that mimic this game's uh, story tube structure. But that instead it's going to be a huge open world epic that delivers all the stuff that you would expect from Final Fantasy VII with the submarines and the airship and everything else that that goes into that. The thing I'm very worried about is in the future games, like... So the great thing about this game is every character feels unique. Like when you play as Cloud, when you play as Tifa, when you play as um, Barret, they all feel like completely different characters. And they have such a a reverse... like combat is like if this game is anything um and obviously we're not doing our top 10 of the uh, top five of the year right now but Mm -hmm. like this game like the combat is probably my favorite combat system i've ever played in any game i think it's really really done really really well Hmm. it's well it's, it's really interesting and i i have seen people online complaining that they don't understand it and it's like i don't think it's that hard to understand but i kind of get it because right. it does a thing sort of like Sekiro does, where like there are fights where you will not do any damage just wailing on yeah. something. You have to max out its stagger meter, and when it's staggered, it will be stunned, and then you can deal damage. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And you have to exploit weaknesses to make that happen. I, I've never been in a situation where I need to uh, look at whether or not I've explored a stagger meter. The exploits happen very fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, I, my, my lady friend was watching it, and then I realized, like, I haven't watched any of the fights because I'm watching gauges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't I don't even know what Cloud does when he does his braver or whatever because, like, I'm looking at gauges. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to do about, yeah. the, you know, to talk, look at the game. But so what I'm fearful of is the next game, you're going to be increasing this party where you're at the most dealing with three people mm-hmm. to reaching about seven or eight. Because well, you would never control them all at one time. Yeah, or, no, 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 you're, you're not in the original. You only ever had three three members in your party. Yeah, but but that's I, I said it to my friend describing the remake and like. I don't know. Like maybe I'm full of shit, but like I do, I do believe everything you love about Final Fantasy one through six was due to limitations of hardware. But the goal of it was to be cinematic in scope and giant, and to give you the ability to control multiple people and fight multiple people at once. That's right. the real evolution of a Final Fantasy game, and this is, I think, achieved a little better than fifteen, which I understood. But, like, it was mashy as fuck. And I never felt like I was good at it, but I passed. Right. This, like, you got to be a little decent at it. Well, I, I loved, for me, the combat is the perfect blending of the ATB, like, traditional Final Fantasy thing of I have to wait to take an action with real-time combat. Because it's like, well, no, mm. you can do your attacks, mash your square button, and then you, you have to wait for these windows to do, let's call them bigger moves, where you can use an item right. or you can do a special attack. The only, I think, problem it is poses is, like, occasionally if you're super low health, that meter doesn't, like, build on its own very quickly just over no. time. You have to be hitting people, and so it's, like, it's yeah. super risky to try to heal yourself, well, and that, so that can probably that's, feel That's bad. my one annoying thing is that the, the item use is tied to the ATBs. But Trav, I feel yeah. like you got interrupted before making your point earlier. So. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's no worries. Um, like I said, I think the, the great thing about, like, the, the thing about I'm worried about for the next game is once you start increasing the the actual scope of the character's usage, I don't know how everyone's going to feel. Like, Barrett feels really great. Tifa feels really great. Yes. Cloud feels really great, especially with the customization. For all of them, I think mm-hmm. the weapon upgrades have been tremendous. It makes like weapons like feel like their own unique thing. But I don't mm-hmm. know what happens when you add a Vincent who's going to have to play different, a Yuffie who's going to have to play different. You know, uh, I tell Sid. you what happens when you play as Aerith. <laughs> well, I mean, Aerith. Sorry, yeah, Aerith. Yeah, Aerith, Aerith is kind of well. like I. I really like everybody has a very unique feel to them. Like Cloud feels like like a little bit like Sora from Kingdom Hearts, where you're swinging this big sword. And doing a lot of damage, and it feels like the combat as Cloud feels really good, and then you you switch over to Barrett, and you're shooting at things from a distance, and you're charging up that that uh, overpower shot, and mm. then Tifa is super fun because she's like super fast, and you're just getting in there and fucking wailing on things, yeah. and then her, get... her upgrade her upgrades all involve speed because yeah. she's Tifa's a fighting what? game character, yeah, Tifa it's, a, it's yeah, literally it... just all cancels and and doing a fighting game move, and I here for it. Like, yeah, I but I, I don't feel like the game tells you that just in terms of like how I play most RPGs like this where I level up the character that I'm playing rather than the character that other people are playing because like, yeah, I'll be the one issuing the Phoenix Downs. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. But then then Aerith feels like she's, she's purely a distance character. Like, you actually hold down the button and she just slowly lobs attacks 
with her staff. And then there's like one that you can hold down the button that the triangle button and charge up and release like a super attack. Well, the game doesn't tell you you need to constantly switch back and forth between. Oh, yeah, you totally these do. people. And it took me like hours to learn that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you're not playing as these other characters, they're not charging their gauges at all. Yeah, and they have that's... all these secret moves that they they have are ready to unleash yeah. that will that will not happen unless you're using them. Also, it's interesting that the 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 weapons aren't like a linear upgrade path necessarily. Like, I've gotten a bunch of different weapons, and it's just like these are not necessarily better than each other. Like, this one might have a higher attack than the, the last one, but like, will make my magic do much less damage. Uh, this this one like the, there are different stats so that you kind of want to keep them all and you want to use them all because each one comes with a unique skill that as the more you use that skill like eventually it will reach 100% after maybe like 10 to 15 uses and you'll be able to keep it no matter which weapon you're using and yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and I mean like to me um, as I progress further in the game and have had weapon upgrades the Buster Sword, which is like your opening gut, like opening sword mm-hmm. <coughs> that you're supposed to get away from, that is my primary weapon because it it's can it's sh- crazy. When I look at upgrading the weapons, like I have thirty fucking upgrade points for that thing, and like, should I be doing this? Like, I have two for my, the weapon I'm using. Like, it, but it's we, but the the Buster Sword, I can now do chain materia. I I get more materia slots. I can make this sword like. The Buster Sword is iconic because of the design, and that's just that's the like the weapon that we put on with Cloud. But now in the game, in the actual context of playing Final Fantasy, it is iconic because it is this weapon that can grow and become stronger. Like that's mm-hmm. what's so mind-boggling about this game. Um, I, I I agree with you, Michael. Like the thing that I don't like about this game is the AI. I think the AI doesn't do anything to build his ATV meters, mm-hmm. which like can be a fucking like blow, especially like if you don't, if you're not using the correct character. In fact, there was there's one boss battle that I just got through where like the boss just basically goes around the battlefield in circles, swinging his spear, and I'm like watching as the character that I was just controlling and switch over like just stands there in the same place taking the same hits over and over again like what the fuck are you if doing you, if, if you are not using these characters their their meters will charge I think like very like slowly a, a one quarter of whether yeah. it, like just mm. being there and taking a hit you are charging the meter amazingly do you guys feel this game could have benefited and mainly i'm addressing tl from like a gambit system like in 12 yes kind of pre-program the other guys oh my god it might have that for all i know but i don't care enough to go look i don't know it it, it, it doesn't but i think like being able to use a gambit being able to like script those like Hmm. when x happens do this like i think that's really great like i have a material on tifa which is like a material that basically auto heals a, a party, like it does, like a certain amount of auto like, automatic heals. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Thank you. I don't have to worry about potions or high potions or anything like that. And I'm going to need it because I take damage uh, with how I play. So I need you to constantly do this. Um, and again, this isn't like not to shit on Tetsuya Nomura like I, I normally do when I'm on these shows, right? But like this is the problem with Nomura's characters." 
even in Kingdom Hearts. In Kingdom Hearts, you play a game where you're Sora and Donald Goofy just do whatever the fuck they want to do. And you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. this game, it feels like kind of the same. Where it's just like, hey, uh, uh, Barrett and uh, Tifa or Barrett and um, f- or Tifa and fucking Aerith, you guys want to do anything? Nope. You just want to look at me? Cool. I guess I'm going to do everything. Like, yeah. that's, that's do, what's frustrating So, So it. to be fair about the... Typically, though, in the Kingdom Hearts games, those your companion characters—they're they're almost indestructible. They like never die. Do your oh, no, they, do your they characters haven't. die a lot in in the they, they can, they, Kingdom they Hearts do, characters can die. They, or they come back. They seem to take less damage if you're not in control of them, and the boss yeah. will always focus. Like it, fighting bosses, they will always focus on whichever one you're controlling. Right. Okay. It, yeah, it's going to attack the main character. Yeah, no, like it, it, it takes. I'm for. I, for me, it, for me, it takes a ton of conditioning to to, to switch between characters because, like, I focus on leveling up Cloud, mm-hmm. and and I gave everyone else like, yeah, you can have the fucking stupid shock remove. I'm not going to use that, <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, Barrett or Tifa, but like, you really need to fortify those characters, upgrade all their shit, and consider them like characters you're constantly supposed to be playing as. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you've always done in Final Fantasy games. I, I Matt, I don't. I, hold on, I don't know. I don't know that you, sh- you. That is the because the last, the last one I played was a uh, well fifteen, but then thirteen, and you could pick formations, and you could have someone who's like you're a healer. You can't designate roles for people at all in this game. No, yeah. So that's the thing. Sorry, I should have hmm. prefaced older Final Fantasy games so I'm it's funny you guys are all playing 7 remake I'm playing 9 right now and like in 9 it's like no you better distribute your good equipment to your whole party and all Mm -hmm. this stuff like that's that was at the time when 7 was made that was also very much a thing and by the way folks little hot tip here hot strat go ahead and invest everything you want in Aerith just put everything in Aerith it'll be worth it don't worry about it so but that's the that's the thing I don't know you don't know that's the that's the that's the no more bullshit That's the, the. Do you think it's going to carry over to the next game? Like the so, progress you well, they, they've got clown There's saves. no telling. There's no telling because the next saves, game will come not. On! It's not even the next my joke. Game, the next yeah. game will not be on this platform. Yeah. Well, it's not even just that. It's like Nomura. They've already. Okay. So without getting really weird and spoilers, because I haven't finished it, and I've heard the the fucking end game is peak Nomura bullshit. Um, but, like, once you get out of the first Mako reactor, or Mako reactor, excuse me, um, like, you run into, like, these clouded fig- figures out of nowhere, and, like, there's all this other mm. bullshit that's, like, not been in Keen, in, in Keen Hearts, in Fall Fantasy 7 games. I've, I've just been assuming those guys are somehow tied to Sephiroth. But, you're right, but then are they ancients? Because only Cloud and Aerith and Sephiroth have seen them, and then if you know the no, story Tifa of the and Barrett, game, we'll see them. They're they're actually the same. They're from the same sect as those robe figures that showed up during the Undertaker's Boneyard match that mm-hmm. they didn't explain. They're just like, oh, yeah, here's yeah, these robe yeah, figures. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, also, they're, also make a also make a voice. There, there are two specific <laughs> things I want to hit. One okay. is the difficulty, yeah. which yes, please. so there mm. there is easy, normal, and classic. Classic. I, classic was immediately unappealing to me because it, the way it's described, it's like, well, your characters will just auto attack, and uh, then you, when your ATB meters fill up, then you can do special moves. It's like, well, that doesn't sound appealing. Uh, right. I will say I've been playing on normal. Normal is way too easy most of the time. 
mm-hmm. sometimes you will get into bosses that are kind of tricky and might end up wiping your whole party. That's yeah. That's been rare. I think I've wiped maybe four or five times in 23 hours. It happened mm-hmm. to me a lot in the beginning, yes. So I remember playing Classic in the demo. Is Classic the mode they were promising that's more like the tactical turn-based option of playing yeah. this game? Whatever happened to all that stuff? Uh, it's it's a no more game like that. Uh, like I, I'm not again to be a pejorative, but like that's like that's not his style of game. It's like these turn-based but, RPGs. But I'm not making that up. You guys remember there was there was news stories. Yeah. saying, No, you can play this game more like a turn-based game. Is that just all Classic is? I mean, basically, yeah. Like that's what I mean. I don't see what's turn-based about it, other than like, well, you're not actually having any inputs. The characters just fight. They they auto battle until you intervene. Yeah. Until and then you do the big moves, right? You're just watching right. the ATB yeah. meter, and then you yeah. do the big I, move. I don't I don't see what would be the appeal for that mode, but that is what they were selling as the classic mode. Like that's mm-hmm. their that is their idea. That of doesn't it. sound very classic to me, honestly. Yeah. So it doesn't stop action. It's just like, oh no, things are happening, mm-hmm. but you right. only yeah. have to worry about the big beats. Yeah. In here. The, okay. Like if they had if classic felt more like Knights of the Old Republic, that might be something I'd be into. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is there is a dog in this game Can that wears it? a helmet and is named Stamp and is fucking adorable <laughs> even Stamp though rules. he is corporate propaganda and he honestly reminds me of North Korean propaganda. He Stamp is beautiful and I yeah. love him. Yes, he has his own theme song, which you can listen to on jukeboxes, which you can find throughout the game. Instead of save points, it has benches that you can sit on and rest and refill everything in a few seconds and then there are always uh, vending machines next to it that will sometimes have songs that you can buy and uh, that you can play on other jukeboxes and they will also frequently discount items that you will need for the next boss fight like so it's like okay well I can get uh, three phoenix downs for a hundred gil each I should probably buy those instead of the usual five hundred gil okay great yeah, yeah, it's just like like the idea of potions in a Final Fantasy game was something yeah. like, I'm not going to need these, but like here it's like it's like Monster Hunter, like you're definitely going to need these. Yeah. Well, right. you say you say potion. I like the world building they've done in this. Like in addition to things like stamp, like the vending machines all say like potion energy drink. So it's like oh, potion is a brand of energy drink. You're not actually drinking potions. Oh, That's neat. You get a tough of Phoenix down. Like you don't just uh-huh. like. Oh, what's Chidi sounds like? No, this is a part of a of an animal. Yeah, but like, and that's like a phoenix feather. Yeah, I mean that's what was cool about the game is like Chris, like you said, like in a in a normal Final Fantasy, you don't think about these things. But like in this game, as I got more progressed towards the end, like towards going deeper in the game, I used stuff like Barrett's uh, steel skin, you know, to make his defense better, or using chakra, like using these things where I'm like, oh, that's kind of bullshit. I'll never use that, and it's like. No, I'm actually like planning this out. Okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and now my character is buffed to do this, and now I'm going to take it in. I I do think a lot of this DNA in this game like is kind of cribbed, like where you see stuff like the influence of a of a monster hunter, or like yeah. or progressive like other JRPGs that have come out before this game, or like yeah. I mean, sorry, after the original Final Fantasy VII to inform this game of like no this is how you should look at combat yeah um challenges isn't that the forward. whole point that, that's what we wanted those was, was okay right. it's a modern take on final fantasy 7 yeah but absolutely. that's like I, I remember for years they're like it would take us 
millions of dollars in so long to remake Final Fantasy VII. I'm like, I'm like, you're full of shit. Fuck off. I remember playing FF10 and and wandering on a, as a polygonal character over a 2D map, and like, well, this isn't that. They were right. Mm. This this is going to take a really long time yep. uh, to do, and, and and just like, uh, fuck, I forgot where I was going with that, but just like, uh, uh. No, I totally forgot where I was going with that. I'm no, I've I just turned forty, and I'm gonna like just embrace it right now. Can I ask you, Michael? Mm. You described it. You said it's the kind of story tubes. How much side content diversion type stuff? Oh, is let's there? talk about the side content. Or okay, is it so, all just mainlined, and it's what's no, no, there? There are large chunks of the game that are mainlined. It's basically like a dungeon that you go through, and. You know, it's it's mostly linear. You can backtrack, and there are there are alternate branching paths around things. But for the most part, you are going from point A to point B, fighting monsters, fighting a boss. Okay. Now there are it, it breaks that up. You'll go it'll go like story tube, story tube, story tube, village, and you can walk around the villages like the the different slum sectors, and you can talk to people. You can like, and they're usually like four or five side quests per area that you can get drawn into and do. Uh, some of these are kind of fun. And some of them, like, I think the ones in Wall Market, like, it got to the point where it's like, that. This, this is where the the pacing cracks begin to show a bit, because it's like, oh, your your friend Aerith is getting dolled up. Go uh, go have a fun night on the town in the Pleasure District while, while she's getting dolled up. And yeah, go do a bunch of fun things and meet up with your friend Johnny and go out and do this. And then Johnny's sick and he has to go to the pharmacist and the pharmacist's like, oh, will you help me? I need to deliver my medicine to people. Go deliver my medicine. And like, oh, God, why? I, I actually like... It, it, my 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 take on a perfect Final Fantasy game is the ability to grind. Mm-hmm. I don't like the the objectives they've give, given me to grind as. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of grinding in this. I'll be honest. No, there's there's, there's really no way to no. do it other than to do every fucking sub quest. Yep. Well, okay, you can avoid so those. like the the best way you're able to grind or you're supposed to grind for this game is once you finish a chapter, going back into the like. Going back to the chapter select and going back into the chapter because you get more XP oh, for grinding that way. That. Oh, uh, it carries yeah. your, your progress carries over when you restart it? Right, it does. Oh, um, wow. I just don't... I don't know if that's enjoyable for me. Like, I I don't know. Like, I love being around Sector 5 and then being like, hey, we have, like, all these weird rats that are around here. You want to kill them? Mm-hmm. Like sure, I will. No, those are the wrong rats. What about these doom rats that were doom rats? <laughs> I was like, so, so okay. I have a little secret about grinding. Doom. I just discovered something about grinding. So, like I mentioned, I'm playing that that Final Fantasy IX the version on Switch, and it has those cheats that they did for the PC version, so that you can give yourself basically infinite gill. Or or when you hit people, it's like one hit kills, guaranteed nine 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 damage. And I'm slowly realizing, like, I don't care about any of the leveling up and all this stuff i just want to see kind of where the story's going and it's like really making me rethink all the time i spent grinding in these games it's like oh no my enjoyment just comes from trying to figure out what's going on in the story and the grinding is just padding out these games that unnecessarily i mean no, I, I get it because it like like I, I had a i had a persona vibe from some of it like you can't introduce me to a character and like i'm not gonna say anything for now come back tomorrow yeah. like <laughs> fuck off like i don't i don't want to deal with i don't want to deal with that shit but like what I said earlier, like this is 
the best Kingdom Hearts game I've ever played. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts, if you didn't watch our playthrough, is this absurd notion from Square that like we can make every type of gameplay for every person yes. ever. And but all of the stuff in Final Fantasy VII Remake are fun. Yeah. And like like except for darts. That's stupid. Uh, what, okay, first <laughs> of all, doing darts is once. darts is great. And if you don't know how the darts work, you don't try to get bullseye. That's bullshit. That's bullshit they teach you. Sweetie, you want to go this isn't rocket bed. science. Everyone knows how it works. It's just like it's bizarre that it, it like you really put like ten people to design this like in a Final Look, Fantasy game. As a man who plays Yakuza games, gotta play that darts, man. It's all about the darts. Yeah, I, I know, but like, but like Final Fantasy had like 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 that scene where you're you're riding on a motorcycle. Now you get to live that, and that scene is dumb. I mean, <laughs> it, but it was really fun. It, like now there's a boss I, fight. I, I've seen I've seen people like it's still talk, dumb. I talk I've seen people talk shit about Roche. Like, oh, Roche fucking sucks. I was like. I thought that was really cool and interesting. Yeah, Roche doesn't suck. I di- I have not. I didn't hate all of his appearances, but that that thing w- was dumb. And that is a Kingdom Hearts philosophy. Anything right. we're doing to transition between a thing, you should be able to play that thing. But it's like you can't design gameplay out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a he is a Kingdom Hearts character, right? Yes. Like like oh, Roche totally. is like literally uh, an Organization Thirteen. I'm a I'm a soldier first class character, but really I'm honorable, and it's all about the fun of the fight. That's why I yeah. want to keep you alive. But I I loved the I actually liked the combat on the motorcycle. Yeah, it was and fun. I thought like the battle when you're on this on the top plate. But that was the thing that I loved. Like again, it, it is it is it is the best Kingdom Hearts game. That is a Kingdom Hearts moment that should have sucked and didn't. And that's why everything I every time I encounter that I'm like, wow, this is. This is what the dancing and singing in Kingdom Hearts should have been. Here's Fun. here's the thing I've noticed. Also, it has a lot of mini games, a lot of which are repeatable. And if you fail them at least twice, it will autom- or once or twice it will automatically adjust the difficulty on the next go round without asking you. Without asking you, mm, uh, sometimes it's it's not so obvious. Like there's this one thing where you have to operate this the sewage pump between Aerith and Tifa. And like you stop the needle on this this red area, and it's like the first couple times I failed it, like I noticed, like okay, this red area seems to get bigger every time I, I retry. And there is there's one thing in particular where you like you stay the night at Aerith's house, and you have to sneak out in the middle of the night without waking Aerith up. Uh, and suddenly, this immaculate house, you walk out of the guest room, and it's like there's buckets. All over this fucking landing. There's buckets every two feet. And you have to, with with limited peripheral vision, pick your way around them. And if you make even slight contact with one of them, it'll go like, bonk. And then she will immediately march out of her room and push you back into yours. And and after after feeling it twice, I walked out and it's like, oh, suddenly all the buckets are gone. (laughs) So it didn't ask me, but I'm kind of glad that they're not there. I I know, but like... I know exactly what you're talking about because mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts, because it was Disney based, tried to be everything to everyone. Yes. And I think because of the awareness of FF7, this game is trying to do that too. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't like the combat system. Why don't you throw some darts and, and be snowboarder and uh, ride a motorcycle? And like, this is the best version of that I've ever seen, yep. but it's yeah. also dumb and stupid <laughs> and will look really bad in like, in like two years. Yeah. I mean, 
Let me let me talk about stuff that's really bad about this game. One, the writing is still Nomura. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's even said like he's like, so like, oh yeah, I went back in the game. It's like yeah, but what if you knew more about the people in Sector Five? It's like no, actually, don't give a shit about them. I just kind of want to play my game about Sephiroth. And then yeah. so the thing that I really hate is the the fact that they're doing so much of like. Sephiroth's a big fucking deal. And the thing about the original game that resonated really well is you didn't, like, Sephiroth, people would talk about Sephiroth, but you didn't see him interact with the world until the end of the Midgar section. Like, I, I look at Sephiroth and Kefka, right? They're the two characters where I think, like, they're the people, like, they're the main bad guys that people hold mm-hmm. a higher esteem in Final Fantasy about. And Kefka in Final Fantasy VI is very openly like a goofball like i don't know what i'm doing until he's like okay i'm gonna move these gods and become a god now and then fuck you right sephiroth is the exact opposite sephiroth is so calculating it's like i know what i'm doing i'm sending Genova to to do these things because i already know what you're planning to do in this game i don't like the fact that like every second it's like Oh, hey, Sephiroth, hey, Cloud, you're trying to run away from the police, but we're in a burning building. Here I am, Sephiroth. Mm. Like, I don't I don't like that stuff because it kind of takes away from the mystique and then the the cerebral, the cerebral, like, thought process of actual Sephiroth moving forward to the games. I, I'm very interested to see how they move that mm. going forward. Well, you, you mentioned something that reminded me. Uh, Penny Arcade actually did a strip about this that... Uh, it's it's weird because at one point Avalanche in in uh, that you know Tifa Barrett and Cloud are all on television, presumably like being broadcast to everyone in Midgar. Like even though Shinra has like all this video footage of them, they apparently only showed like this one clip of like Barrett and Jesse and Wedge and Biggs like escaping through this uh, you know hole in a fence. That's like shot from an overhead view, so you can't see any faces. Like, wh- why am I allowed to walk around? I am a very distinctive character. No, no guards are bothering me. <laughs> like, shouldn't they all have a picture of my face? Yeah, I mean that. that none of that makes any yeah. sense. With like, I'm a high profile terrorist yeah. who just destroyed an eighth of the city. Uh-huh. And P- Penny Arcade Strip was like these two soldiers walking along. It's like, oh, we got to be on the lookout for Avalanche. Oh, look at that guy with the gun arm and the huge sword. They seem cool. So anyway, these terrorists. But also, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't it's matter. Fine, I, we're, we're going through the Star Wars series on Patreon. Like, if you, if you thought about Star Wars like that, it would never make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did they get to the planet at the same time as this person without lights? <laughs> Why were the, the 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 first order fooled by Poe dressing up like a pizza man? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I just think that ultimately, when the game is finished, I think that you know not to invoke uh, future podcasts, but I do think that a spoiler cast is going to probably be needed because mm-hmm. uh, there's there's just, there's just a lot, and there's a lot of changes that happen even after the first part. That changes the structure of the story, and I, I think that we we do need to have a full on dive and discussion on Tetsuya Nomura's Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I think like, you're right. I think happening. you're right. I think this is upcoming. 
Future, we're, we're going to record another episode of Video Game Apocalypse Gaiden, our first in at least two uh, years. You know, I, like, I want to talk to my buddy Adam from Padukin because mm-hmm. he has like a glass case with a bunch of FF7 mm-hmm. stuff in it. Like, how are you feeling? He's like, no, nah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But like, uh, okay, if I never said that, like, uh, um, this is not the same thing, but like right. uh, Sonic 4. Like I've oh. never seen, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. They released episode one. Like it'll be a, a Sonic Four, the one you always wanted after Sonic and Knuckles, and we're gonna release it in four episodic parts. And they released one, and everyone's like, "This sucks. This is terrible." And they 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 push back episode two to address those concerns, and it was still not fun. And then it just the demand went away. That game has never been completed. That game, that game is and one no one the, cares. That game is one of the first games I ever covered as press. <laughs> With Sonic Four, Episode One. I feel like one of our UK Games Radar colleagues was like the only person to talk about it positively and want yeah. more of it. But no, I mean this Final Fantasy Seven. Like, so I talked to, I had a, a Zoom meeting uh, with Sam uh, on Sunday, and uh, and we were talking about it, and Sam was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like." Should I play it because it's a split up of the Final Fantasy games? I was like, yes. Even if you're a fan of Final Fantasy games, I think especially if you are Man, a fan Man, you got to know that fool. Games. Tell him no because you don't have a fucking PlayStation. You can't do it anyway. Like, it would cost you $300 to start I, this game. I told him it was on PlayStation. We had a whole... Co- you weren't on our Zoom phone call. You don't know how that went. You didn't um, invite me. <laughs> uh, Not you should talk enough. to Sam because we had a Zoom conversation. Um, what a but cunt. No. I hate him. <laughs> Uh, but no, so we were, like I said, we were, you know, we were talking about it. I told him, I was like, I really enjoyed it. Even though it's split up, I think these feel significantly different than if I was buying Final Fantasy VII, like, again, and you were just giving me the straight story. I don't mm-hmm. mind spending, you know, $60 three times for this game because it feels significantly different. I think that's a great thing to point out because, like, no matter how much... Oh, it's a fucking piece of this old game that I like. Like, this is a full price game. Like, don't kid yourself. It, this, this, yeah. this is beyond this is, this a sixty dollars value. Than a lot of games that I've paid sixty dollars for. I'll right. Like, there's there's a ton to do, and you could do it all again, from what I hear, in a different way. Uh, like, it, it, like, yeah. Like, this game is a contender for game of the year in a weird way that I think, like. I don't know, like, it came out the same week as the Resident Evil 3 remake, remake but I think defined what a, redefined well, what a, a remake should later, be. but yes. Whatever. It, defi- it redefined what a remake should be. That you should, ex- like, this, this, I don't know, this makes things very crazy. I'm a big fan. You haven't listened to Laser Time of all media, and this, I don't know, like, everything else has been kind of like an up-res, and like, we're going to stick to what we've done and this this deviates wildly. Yeah, I feel like the year's four strongest game of the year contenders like have come out in the past 3 weeks between this and Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal. And I was going to say RE3 remake and it's like it's really good. I don't know if it's game of the year material, but I'm going to jump on this bad wagon again. Persona 5 Royal. Mm. Persona 5 Royal has been so fucking good. It's been so good, y'all. Like I know a lot of people bounce off off, off of Persona 5. Um, Persona 5 Royal is the perfect version of that game. I had Persona 5 vibes from FF7 Remake. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
get to know all these inhabitants. Like, I'm not researching your shit, boy. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know you. Oh, I want to level up. I'll just, I'll do whatever you say. How are you but, playing both Persona 5 Royal and Final Fantasy 7 Remake? Man, that is that like... That is ridiculous. Quarantine, baby! <laughs> Quarantine! But, so, my my idea, and this, I actually got this from listening to Cat Bailey. Um, KB! Friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to her talk about, like, this isn't a game. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, if you're going to play it, don't barrel through it this is a game you need to let it breathe and mm-hmm. go through because of that like I, I play final fantasy 7 remake like once a week it gives me a chance to digest everything i'm going into and enjoy it and then when i play it i can kind of get more into it so then like my other off days like between finding out uh good turn up prices by the way shout out kevin for setting me up with four hundred eleven dollars, uh, four hundred eleven bells. Oh shit! For those Mine were like four fifty six today. I should have hooked you up. What? Like, okay, yep. what is It's fine. I got my bridge. <laughs> I got my inclines done. That's all I care about. Um, I, I might sell <laughs> one of you my whole switch to get rid of Animal Crossing. Like, I, like, I don't, Animal I Crossing hate, I hate is disease. Uh, another thing me and Sam talked about with Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is great, uh, but no. So um, yeah, so I you know. I, I use my time where I'll play throughout the week. I'll play Animal Crossing or or Persona Five, and then I'll d- dedicate a Friday where I just sit down, and that is my Final Fantasy time. I can enjoy it. I can wrap myself around it without burning myself out. It, it is one of those weird games that is paced in such a way that like you you should enjoy your like if you know the game very well, and I don't. It's been very hard to binge and, and like try and crash through because I want to see every aspect of it. It is a very very big contender of my game of the year, and I don't love a lot of Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started with ten and worked my way back. Uh, I, I I I genuinely well, you love broke this the game. cycle. Normally, you start with the shittiest mm-hmm. version of whatever it is you're you're getting into a new series. Ten, I, ten's I, pretty I, strong. I really think, and no one no one's talking about this yet. But ten might be the shittiest version of Final Fantasy <laughs> that ten? has ever existed. No, yeah. that is yeah. not true. Yeah. Ten is dude, very yes, good. it's fucking terrible. You can't remaster it or remake it. It's never going to be better. It, it, it's always going to suck in the ways yeah. that it sucks. Yeah, ten is pretty bad. It's not the worst. That's eight, but it's a bad Final Fantasy. That's man, not eight, even I, I'm, I'm really answer. about to buy eight on the Switch. <laughs> totally about to buy eight. Eight's great. Don't yeah. listen to this guy. It's great. Anyone who says yeah. ten is bad, don't. Anybody to who's going to quote the count like Matt just did, <laughs> eight is great. Eight, eight, eight is, is great. great. Um, can I recommend because we don't have major a lot of major releases next week? We continue this discussion next week about Final Fantasy VII to see if we can get it all out of our well, system. Well, hopefully, I'll be another twenty hours in, so I'll have more to talk about. <laughs> and maybe you'll have even started it, Matt. Could be. Well, on that note, let's move along to So, have you guys been following this Cooking Mama Cookstar news? Yes. No. This it's is, fascinating. This is strange, and that is saying something these days, right? Like, um, So, let me just break down the story for those who haven't been following. 
Cooking Mama's Cookstar is slash was a game that came to the Switch um, that Planet Entertainment produced, but they were licensing it from another company. Um, Office the the license holder is Office Create is the name. So the game came out, and first word on the street when it came out, it was immediately removed from the Switch eShop like hours after it came out. And the speculation was it had been removed because it was actually a cryptocurrency mining game. No. But no, that turned out not to be the case. The real story is a little bit more mundane, a little bit more businessy, but is just as sort of shady. So what happened is Planet Entertainment it released the game. They, they developed and put, and put it out there. But the apparently the license holder which is this office create they said they had never approved that version of the game that came out and so they asked that they pull it from the store so now those two companies are sort of in a battle to say to figure out who actually has the ability and right to release this game so right now as of when we're recording you can't buy it's showing as sold out on planet entertainment's website but they were like still selling it by themselves just saying now fuck this we have the right to put this thing out amazon had copies when i checked i saw somebody taking a photo at best buy of them buying a copy yes. to which i say how the hell are you inside of a best buy yeah there's that too um yeah about to say i just ordered a tv to have to see it shipped to me i think people are <laughs> buying them assuming they'll be worth something because they don't think they're going to re-release it so what this sounds I like i almost to me, did that and then decided like no that's not well th- this is how this is how ips die hmm a fight that exists for a very, very long, like a needlessly long time. This is not the biggest IP in the world, and it sort of exists through uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 not persistence, but like uh, uh, ubiquity. Mm-hmm. There's well, yeah. always been a yeah. Cooking Mama thing available. So if you're a gamer who wants to look for a Cooking Mama thing, the second that's not available, dude, you fucked your you fucked your IP. Well, there there was until there wasn't. And I think people were actually excited for this because it's been kind of a long time since a true, like, good... back Since the franchise was really uh, firing on all cylinders. You know, it's... It, <laughs> I love the Cooking Mama games. They are single-player overcooked. Here's the weird thing. Like often happens when you have this, like, rare release stuff that is locked away now because of rights issues. The actual game itself, according to IGN's review, is pretty bad. <laughs> it's not a great Cooking Mama game, but it's like because it's going to obtain this cult status because of the fact that now they're the publisher and the developer are in this kind of battle. And, and you can tell what happened is this. So the developer is saying like, no, you approve the game concept document and you were you knew the game we were making. And then you change your mind later and said, oh, no, it's not good enough to release, which little inside baseball that's sort of how publishing and developing work is like a publisher will sign a game developer and say yes okay we're signing off this is the thing okay we agree you're going to make this then there's usually a series of like gates or green lights to say okay how is it going are we still okay to release this it sounds like eventually the developer sort of failed one or more of those gates or maybe hadn't shown the progress of the game to the publisher and then when the publisher's like well wait it doesn't even sound like the publisher. It sounds like the developer is self-publishing. It sounds more like a rights holder. They basically, at some point, turned down the version of this game. Said, "No, you can't release this." And the developers, they're like, "Well, fuck that. We got all this money we've sunk into this thing. We're putting it out there." And so now there's this weird legal battle. But it 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 just got really weird for a while there because the reason people thought it had been removed, they're like, "Oh shit, that's a cryptocurrency mining game on your Switch." And it's like, "Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't all that. It was just 
it's a it's a legal rights issue. I think that the, the, in in conjunction with the news that like hatred is coming to Switch. Really? Yes. <laughs> that fucking game. Yes. Wow. Like 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 the, boring that, postal that game. The, like Nintendo hasn't confirmed it on their store or anything, but like the uh, developers said, like they showed a picture of a Switch with their menu in it. Wow. Okay. Um, mm. The the game that Steam banned. Nintendo, like that. Did that's they, how though, bizarre. I, I it on Steam. Well, well, they they banned it initially, like afterwards. Mm. They did, and uh, and and then they unbanned it and Gabe Newell wrote I mean, a that, big that giant thing. That game is nothing to write home about. It <laughs> really doesn't matter thing. at all. The like, controversy the, is bigger than the game in these cases. Yeah, well, the game should not be that controversial. It's like other than that, you're killing civilians. It's like this is really unimaginative. But the developers of the game posted that it's coming to Switch, mm. and and just like. Nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, like on the Nintendo platform, the most banned game of of the last ten years is coming to the Switch mm-hmm. un- unabated. Uh, I, I, it, it's the, it's crazy. The indie release thing on Switch does feel a bit like a little bit of the Wild West. Like so you see games on there's so many games coming out, and you're like. Okay, there's no way these would have all gotten the Nintendo seal of, a, of approval back in the day. Like, what's going on? There's there's way too many games being released for that. You know, the, the, the Nintendo the Nintendo policy of like the 3DS was like, your studio cannot be your home address. We will not accept anything from people that people have developed at home. Send us a picture of your couch. I'm not kidding. Like it, it was like to that degree, and yeah. now it's like, oh, are you? Banned from Steam for being too edgelord? Okay, come to Switch. It, That's fucking yeah, crazy. I think you're right, because I think there's some consumer perception that being on a Nintendo platform assumes you've hit some level of quality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. it's, it does still feel like the most locked down platform. But the reality is when you look at the number of indies, it's way more than are coming to, like, Xbox or PlayStation 4. So it's like, yeah. I've, I've seen numerous trailers that I can't get over. It's just, like, day and date, like, early access and Switch. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the argument that we had at the, you know, at the when PSN was, like, doing a lot of big indies, when Steam was doing a lot of big indies. Like, this is just the, this is the thing that we deal with. As these um, systems become more popular, right? It was just like, when do you open the floodgates and how do you do that content control to make sure that it is palatable for your most, your most like valuable assets? But right? if I, I didn't say that, that game is still adults only from the ESRB. Really? Is it though? Yes. It's so boring. Yes. It sucks, and it, it like it like the character is out for just blood, and I hate people. But it's like it's really boring to look at, and really boring it's to play. Boring. It's not gory. It's a disappointment if you wanted to make heads explode. We, we streamed it, and I felt so bad about the idea of streaming it that like half the stream is Muppet Party Crews. If, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, on- <laughs> just because. We had to like it's so dumb, it's so stupid. One door's red and the other's blue. One guy's white and the other's black. Pull a gun out. Put it <laughs> in still on Steam. It's six bucks. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Uh, Party cruises, something that will not be happening in the near future, as will Gamescom 2020. Um, it's looking to be digital only. So on Wednesday, German officials issued a ban on any large event gathering through the end of August. They kind of extended things through the end of August, uh, which means Gamescom, which is usually right there in the middle or end of August, is squarely in that window. So 
it's not looking good for Gamescom happening this year. And if it does happen, it's looking more like some sort of stream digital announcement platform thing. So, yeah. In sort of related news, Microsoft has already confirmed to uh, ZDNet or ZNet that the all of its 2020 events are going to be digital only. And then in an internal email that somehow got out there, it looks like they're saying that all events are going to be digital first through July 2021, which would theoretically mean... What is what does Microsoft's E3 2021 presence look like? Because that is June 2021. I don't even think, just to kind of put it out there, I don't think that E3 happens in 2021 unless there's a vaccination. I don't know if you guys saw like the the state of uh, California, uh, Gavin Newsom is very much like staunchly like, hey, we don't open up anything until we have a vaccination. And I don't, I think, even Jan- I think even June 2021, like is or July 2021, is kind of a stretch to say an active vaccination that can work mm. would be available. So I don't know if if there is feasibly I, I, an E3. I think I think it's too early to call. Yeah, but yeah, from yeah. everything I've read, and I have read a lot about this and i know i sound drunk because i am and i'm also stupid at this point except maybe i'm also but i'm also stupid and everyone listening knows that but but i I, but i i do want to say like like the experts were predicting 18 18 months no one has worked harder on a vaccine until right now and i do not include the administration on that do not put my stamp on that Mm -hmm. Uh, we will have a vaccination, I believe, by the year, but E3 is about a year from now. And even if the vaccine exists, getting it out to people, I don't know that you'll have a congregation of people in, in, in June 2021. Yeah, I, I, don't. I don't know. Like you said, Chris, it's too soon to call. I think what I wanted to talk about is like their wording was very interesting that they used they, they use the choice of words of digital first like our, our presence is going to be digital first like what does that even mean right versus just digital only you know oh as opposed to the four thousand people who are there like what are you talking about like yeah i mean microsoft had already been off the main e3 floor doing their own thing in their theater so it's yeah digital first is really where i'm like okay what does that mean like digital only would totally make sense like okay you're just going to do a stream like you know your press conference I know, and that's but I, it. like i've said it a billion times and i'm even drunker now that like video games deserves an e3 and when a, an independent company that's not related to platforms or a company doesn't exist one of these companies is is going to try and seize everything and uh, they're going to I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna look a little weird after this. That's oh what that's it. That's the Bill Gates connection. There you go, conspiracy theorists. So Bill Gates, who owns micro or used to own Microsoft and, and Xbox, they are trying to take over the games industry by being the only people at E three. There it is. Chris solved it. Mystery solved. Not 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 that, but like there people are gonna set up separate events, uh and, and they'll all have less weight than if they were at an E three. I'm going to say this, um, and this is completely conjecture. I don't know anybody in the industry, uh, and I'm also pretty drunk. Uh, but Michael and you know I are not in two the industry. In the industry. Yeah, say, I know at least two people in the industry. Yes, I know at least like probably like 10 lots more. In the industry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but Wonder Swan Two gets announced this year. Why no. we've yeah, been waiting for it? No, <laughs> the Wonder Swan, the we the Weeaboo, uh device gets announced number two this year. I. 
I believe you. An awkwardly shaped android will be announced somewhere around <laughs> where E3 was. I've never played the Wonder Swan. I'm just saying that Wonder Swan 2 comes out this year. I mean, hey, we got the Final Fantasy 7 remake, so anything is possible at this point, you know? We got Shenmue 3 I mean, last year. I, I bought one just because I f- found out they were surprisingly cheap on eBay. The TurboGrafx-16 um, HD thing came out this year, this week. Well, sort of. If you can get it. Kind of, yeah. It's it's the it last is. thing I've ever pre-ordered on Amazon, and I have no idea when that's coming out. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kat Bailey has a review up. She loves it. Yeah, she she wrote a glowing, glowing commentary. Did on she it. order one from Japan? Because I heard those are shipping, okay. I know, I think those are shipping. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I thought about it, but then I'm like, I'm not sure I want to pay more than $100 for this thing. Uh, here's mm-hmm. the thing. It's 120 bucks. <laughs> I don't know... Name me a TurboGrafx-16 game that you would actually want to play. I have no uh, fucking Snatcher, clue. but it's not translated on that version, so I'm going to have to hack it. <laughs> no, true. you can order the American version off the Japanese site. Hmm. No, I'm saying the version of Snatcher on whether you're ordering the American or Japanese versions okay, is it. untranslated mm. in Japanese. I'm about to say the only translated version of Snatcher was on the Sega CD, right? Yes. Like the, like the, the I don't know why s- they couldn't have translated that for the U.S. market, but whatever. True. Yeah. Mm. Leave it to the fans, I guess. The hackers. The snatchers. Yes, um, the snatchers. So yeah, we don't know. Microsoft might not be at E3. There might not even be an E3 in 2021, but we have heard rumors of something coming in 2022. So last week we were talking about Resident Evil 8, which is allegedly coming 2021. Now mm. the rumor is we were, we were speculating on what's the next remake going to be. Reports are saying that it's actually four and it's sure. coming in 2022 and the studio working on it. Here's here's kind of a new bit, tidbit of info. Uh, M2. And so that's the new stu- studio that's led by former Platinum Games CEO Tatsuya Minami. Mm. Um, and so they assisted on the development of RE3 remake. And so it looks like they might be the lead studio on the RE4 remake that is supposed to be coming in 2022. So not Code Veronica, like we were thinking might be the case. Mm. It's going to be 4. So here's my question. Um, Resident Evil 4, great game. Acc- acclaimed game. Uh, some of the some of the best games ever come out of that generation of the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox original. Um, why wouldn't you take the time to remake a game that has flaws but it's really good in Code Veronica. That's my yeah. question. I mean, the, the other thing about 4 is that it's a game that has received HD remasters fairly recently. So it's like, gameplay-wise, it holds up better than Code Veronica. And even just visuals-wise, it holds up. So. I think I think that's going to... Like, I mean, to me, I, I feel very weird about that. Because... Um, RE4 has been ported so many places because it holds up very well. If you make a game that doesn't hold up half as well as the remaster, you've killed the idea of remaking Resident Evil's forever. Does that make sense? No, you're absolutely right. Like, this is the game... Like, I know I made the joke about Chrono Trigger last week about don't touch that game, but this is the game, like... I don't know what a modern remake of Resident Evil 4 yeah, would I, I, be. I played that game at 120 frames a second in 4K. Like, if this isn't significantly <laughs> better, I it's a real it's one of my favorite games of all time, and right. I fucking hate <laughs> Resident Evil games and people who like them. 
in complain. I in, mean, in that RE engine them. though is pretty. It's pretty cool. The stuff it's able to do with the two yeah, make and uh, three. I, I mean, oh, I, I love whatever someone Michael's passed doing. out. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I kicked over like three bottles that were next to my foot. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I get like it's the RE engine is really great, but Resident Evil Four to me is your starting blocks of that engine, right? Like it's it kind of sets the tone of what Resident Evils are going to be. Yeah. And yeah. for you to skip Code Veronica, which I feel is the game that is like this necessitating for like an actual remake to be done because it it still feels like an older game but it has a lot of like newer tropes to it i just don't understand why you go for four I, that's the thing that's frustrating to me about it. resident evil 2 and 3 are bygone eras Re- resident evil 4 is the beginning of the era we are in and and, and so like it, it feels weird for it to be remade because like i don't know that technology exists to improve it like textures and better graphics aren't going to do that so i think it's what's weird is we're kind of in two resident evil eras right now we're in the first person side and then yes you're right like the two remake and three remake are built on sort of the style from that four set so many years ago right so i don't even know unless it's redefining the gameplay it's they missed an opportunity by not calling it Resident Evil Three Make. There are things. Resi Evil Three. There are are four hundred billion things to improve upon in Resident Evil Four. I'm not saying you can't make a remake of that. Hmm. Yeah. No, I mean like make it actually an actual better character. That would be really cool. Like that idea. Um. I mean, like, there's some, like, design stuff that would work, but I don't know. Like, to me, Resident Evil 4 is what Resident Evil is. Is. <laughs> like, I, was talking to, I was talking to my, my girlfriend's cousin today. That's the last Resident Evil game they've ever played. Mm, and yeah. they love it. And, 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 like, don't want it to change. I played it on the Wii. Uh, can I get it on the Switch? Like, yeah. I mean, you can get it on a fucking iPhone. Like, oh, what? I fucking love that game. Oh, I played that game endlessly. Uh, yeah, like it hasn't it hasn't dated for a lot of people. Yeah. And unless, like, two and three make a ton of sense because they are un fucking playable right now. Right. Uh, in their current yeah. in their, their regular form. Yeah, I, I bet it'll feel like so. Like Shadow of the Colossus to me had not aged poorly at all and yet Not that remake was was an amazing was game. amazing it'll yeah. probably feel very much like that it's like oh this is just going to be like a perfect looking more smoothly playing version of this game that we remember so to be very rarely optimistic imagine how we feel about the ff7 remake if they did that with re4 which is the best re to me period i i think like when i when i hear something like this like it's like someone said oh hey we're going to remake skyrim it's like but why like, there's so many great right. ways of playing that game in today's society. We don't need a remake for it. Mm. I don't know. I do not know. Um, so how would you guys feel about a new game, a new Grand Theft Auto game, not a Ooh, remake? Very good. Definitely, nice. definitely gayer. So Kotaku sort of wrote an expose that was sort of an update, a follow-up to all of the reporting they'd done about uh, culture at Rockstar. And in that article, they sort of slipped in the news that, uh, and it's news we all knew would happen, 
Rockstar is allegedly working on the next Grand Theft Auto game. But here's the interesting news. That, that is expected. Um, the new game is supposed to be smaller in scope than 5, but it, it's more like they're going to be releasing new content for it over time, which sounds mm, nice. different than online. Game. Well, it's yeah. that's what's weird is the GTA has like, here's the single player experience, which is this giant 100 plus hour game and online, which you're going to get thousands of hours out of. This seems like a hybrid of the two. Like, well, we're kind of actually finally blending online with the single player, and we're going to launch. It's it's what we've been at. We all asked for. We want single player content for five, and for uh, Red Dead Two, and we didn't get that. So maybe this is a way of kind of getting both at the same time. Right. If that if that rumor's true, like there, there's no other game that can redefine a business model than Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I want to make sure I didn't sound too drunk when I said that. No, you said that was like a, a rare moment of coherence from you right now. Oh, I'd just be very curious. Matt, I wish you were dead. I would fucking. Whoa. San Fierro, San Fierro. It's smaller than LA. You can do it. I want the city to be Bouval or, or uh, 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 like uh, River City. Miami uh, Schmade. Florida. Uh, Look, I want it to be already, in Carcer City in the Rust Belt. I want it to be in Jacksonville. Here's why. <laughs> because the Jaguars are the winningest team in Florida. <laughs> because the Jacksonville Jacksonville is a Jacksonville, if you've never been there, uh-huh. been here, uh-huh. it's the largest city landmass wise in the United States. Um it literally has five distinct areas. So instead of having Los Fientos, uh Los Santos, um, like all these areas being its own separate thing, it could all just be Jacksonville, and you have your redneck part in like Riverside, oh, not Riverside, but uh, in like Yuli, you have your San Francisco part in Riverside, you have your country part in like Arlington, like there's so many different ways you can do that and put it in Jacksonville. I'm just saying Duval County, Bouval <laughs> in fucking Grand Theft Auto, let's fucking go. I mean, they've never gone to another southern city that would be interesting to explore is New Orleans. I'd love to yeah. see their take on that. I, I feel like Mafia 3 covered that. New Orleans is overrated. I'm <laughs> saying this on this podcast. New Orleans is a Sure, if you only hang around the French Quarter. It's a cheap man's version of Mobile, Alabama, who is, which is actually the true originator of mm. Mardi Gras. Uh Went to get out of my chest. Are you forever. still talking about Jacksonville? <laughs> I went upstairs to get a drink. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, like, I, I visited New Orleans twice. The first time I absolutely loved it. The second time I hung mostly around the French Quarter. And my main memory of it, other than drunkenness, is uh, going into a gift shop and seeing a, many statuettes of a woman giving a blowjob to an alligator on Bourbon Street. <laughs> That's a real thing. Well, how about this? If it is piecemeal released, we could get multiple cities. They would just do Mm. little cities at a time. You don't know now now how bad that that blow that alligator did the blowjob so bad. (laughs) How bad did he need it? You think I'm being racist, but white people sound like that there. I will I will not let you I will not let you, Chris, take shots at my man Cody Laveau, because he is Cajun. Uh, and my Cajun brethren from the French Quarter, even though they sound like trash garbage people. Uh, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> 
I would never talk about shit about our own Tiger King, Cody Lavoe. I want to end on on a on an up note, a piece of good news. So Sony came out uh, with an initiative they're calling the Play at Home Initiative, uh, and there's kind of two benefits: one for players and one for developers. So they are giving everyone, not just PlayStation Plus subscribers, uh, two free games and kind of four if you count one of the games has three games in it. So the Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, mm. and Journey are free. I think for a month. So go download those now for free even if to be honest i think i've already gotten those as playstation plus games in the past but hey you know um two free games uh, awesome games a lot of content there they want you to stay at home the other really cool thing they did it's for the development community specifically indies they created a 10 million dollar fund to help indie developers kind of that are struggling financially right now when all this is going on um they didn't disclose details of how you would qualify for that but they said that all that info is coming later but for them just to call that out and set aside 10 million dollars um is just a really cool positive thing that sony did so kudos to them for that that is all the news that is fit to play. Well, that brings us to our community segment, which as always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what is your favorite intro sequence from a video game? Um, Trav, you were here last week, so I'm not going to ask yes. you that again. <laughs> but uh, on VentureGameApocalypse.com, the thing about says... The spooky opening cinematic and foray into a cave in Dark Cloud on PS2 was amazing. Although cartoony today, back then it felt so scary and atmospheric, I had never played another game like it. Mm. Each and every single bat that I had to kill was a terrifying threat, and the items they dropped were mysteries. I didn't know what anything meant or how anything worked, except that running into the glimmering pool in the cave healed poison, and I wouldn't have wanted it to be any different. Now that we're on lockdown, I'm toying with the idea of buying the PS4 port and finishing it for the first time. Wow. I wanted to include that for two reasons. Number one, Dark Cloud gets almost no love. No one talks Dude, about that. And that was like a true. big, big game. Um, and then the second is... It bats- was going to be a Zelda killer. Who knew that bats would be our most dangerous enemy in the animal kingdom before all this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, it's only because they shit in the ferrets' mouths and they shit in the chickens' yeah. mouths. Mm-hmm. But Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud, the game is really good. It's a really fucking good game. Um, if you can get your hands on it, highly recommend. Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud. Uh, is actually the black exploitation version of Final Fantasy Advent Children. <laughs> Tifa, it's me, Dark Cloud. <laughs> That's good. Uh. I would not have been surprised if that was the ending. <laughs> Where'd you get that material from, girl? Just Did says Kitzroy because his hair doesn't spike the same way. You ever fucked around in a dungeon you built with your own sheep? Did he somehow get merged with Barrett? Like Barrett Cloud now? Oh, I no, I ain't doing. Barrett. Aerith, he I'm all get, gave me I'm license a, to be racist. Aerith, I'm going to get that set your pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, uh, Meowstodon uh. says Super Metroid. I can't think of that game without a robot voice in my head saying, "The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace." It goes from creepy dark laboratory to a boss fight to a ticking clock escape, while a base explodes, all with amazing music behind it. The intro ends with uh, Samus landing on a rainy, mysterious planet. The whole thing manages to be chilling, exciting, and gives a new sense of wonder in less than ten minutes. That was on our short list for like for sure. top five. Yeah, for sure, it's a really oh man, Super Metroid. Like, so I, like I, I troll so Dylan. 
uh, one of my podcast mates, loves Metroid a lot. And I always troll him, like, Super Metroid's, like, a terrible game. Like, it's actually a beautiful game. It's probably one of the perfect games. And that intro is just so, like, good. Um, yeah. I Can't love Super Metroid calling a that lot. a terrible game. Look, when you troll people, you just say bullshit. It is just yeah, like... Yeah, better be fucking bullshit. Uh, but, like, Super Metroid is probably the perfect... Like, to me, it's my favorite SNES game of all time, next to Chrono Trigger. Hmm. Like, it's a really fucking good game. Nice. nice. Um, I, I'm going to get the first Twitter. Uh, this would be from Sith McMuffin. Um, I would actually say Journey, as much as it may seem like a cliche answer, just because of how the opening... Uh, few images of the landscape coupled with the uh, delicate soundtrack and eventually on the player's character uh, giving the feeling that you really are playing an art of a uh, work of art uh, journey is a definitely beautiful game and now you can play it for free I love and, the whale shark made out of scarves <laughs> uh, but I mean it's a it's a really good it's a really good opening and it's mm. beautiful and you'll cry playing journey I know I have so mm. I just had to do a quick bit of research. So, um, do you guys remember how long the wait between Super Metroid and Metroid Prime felt? Uh, no, because I didn't play Metroid till I was in high school. Well, hold on, just bear with me. So that that was eight years. That difference, ninety four to really? two thousand and two. Wow. It has been thirteen years since we had Metroid Prime three. Oh my god! The last but, I would say no, but you don't want to met- console the other Metroid. M- the last about to say, full console Metroid we, is in captivity. We had other M. The game that told you that met that Samus is just a woman, and how dare she have her abilities? Federation Force for the 3DS, the go-to device for multiplayer. Uh, I, I do love that, like the the ping-ponging narratives for Metroid Other M. That like, you know, everybody blamed Team Ninja, and then Team Ninja is like, no, Nintendo mandated all this stuff. They made us be sexist. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Nintendo made you make Dead or Alive the booby game, mm-hmm. and also um, all of your Ninja Gaiden games of like shitting on women. Sure, mm-hmm. Nintendo, Tin mm-hmm. Team Ninja. Mm-hmm. Yep. At Potsoi says the intro stage. I'll never get sick of playing TMNT Arcade. Say Damn! your say your prayers, toitles. <laughs> yes, a burning building. Is that Let's a rock steady? Quote. That is a rock steady. Oh, just just the fact that that arcade machine played the theme song from the cartoon mm. was oh. amazing at the yeah. time. But the turtles like just jumped out of the sewer together all at the same mm. time. They did the Three Stooges that manhole cover. Pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's only it's only ten seconds. But I remember like every time my mom went into Walmart, like hold on. Okay, we can go now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just want to watch the attract mode of this arcade machine for ten seconds. I, rem- I remember pissing off a guy at uh, Chuck E. Cheese when I went for my birthday, and uh, me and my my buddy Andre, like we were just playing TMNT, and we're like shitty kids. We don't know how to play these games. We're five. Who fucking cares? And this guy was so upset that we kept on dying at fucking uh, Shredder. He's like. <gasps> I didn't spend all day to do this, and um, it's a memory I love, and I hope that guy has a terrible day every day of his life. I wonder, if, is that the same guy I played POW with, who was like, I ain't playing doubles? I promise you, I promise you, they're dead of COVID, and they're they're ardent Trump supporters. Yeah. They're totally dead right did, now. Did your guy have a mullet and a mustache? Uh, no, he was a... Uh, 
Yeah. He was a white guy. We'd never mullet a mustache. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> he had doesn't been check out. Sorry. Back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, mean, it, yeah, mid-90s. It's almost as if there's always been a toxic segment mm-hmm. of the gaming community. It's weird. Yeah, sure. From the official LaserTime Facebook community, Chris Lee Hosett says, Devil May Cry 3, after an impeccably staged operatic intro, it starts off simply enough, a guy walks into Dante's office with an intriguing message. In the next two minutes, he flips a table, a shirtless Dante gets impaled while eating a pizza, butt rock starts playing, he surfs on a guy, and he knocks out a squad of dudes by shooting billiard balls at them. You get a quick taste of the improved combat system, spin on some stripper poles, and quickly get into a boss fight with Cerberus with Within 20 minutes, your objective is clear, and you're completely sold on one of the best action games ever made. Like a stylish combo, DMC3 is efficient, fast-paced, and never lets up. Yeah, I think Capcom of that era doesn't give enough love, because, like, Devil May Cry 3 is very much aware of what it is, and also, Beautiful Joe. Like, Hmm. not enough people were bringing up Beautiful Joe in the remakes. Like, Beautiful Joe, like, knew what it was, and it was in that same kind of, like, vein. The only, like the only downside is it was ins- incredibly like uh, difficult, but Beautiful Joe is the same way. Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember Beautiful Joe being that difficult. It had a rewind mechanic, man. Yeah. Dude, Beautiful Joe is very, very difficult. Hmm. It gets kind of tough, but you were pretty young when it came out, I guess. Yeah, maybe. No, I was in. I was in you college. Never beat Beautiful Joe. You have to beat all the bosses at once with no, with like one health bar. Ugh. I mean, I beat all it. Right. I don't know what to tell you. Get good. Joe Tinello from the Facebook, uh, from the Lazy Way Facebook group, which I'm a moderator at. Uh, Joe Tinello says, Soul Reaver, seeing Kane take the dark path from the game and rule in, uh, long enough to see the start of the of his empire in, uh, crumble. Then we pick up at the first son who's evolved before Kane, then rips his wings off, we think. Uh, we are out, uh, sorry, uh, out of rage. Sequel stuff. Uh, then tosses him into a massive, endless uh, typhoon, killing him. The narrative alone makes it uh, memorable from the grand theme playing as the events transpire and the voice acting. Oh, the voice acting is top notch. Simon Templeton, Kane's voice actor, was once Doctor Doom uh, in the bad Fantastic Four '94 series. Uh, they are all bad series, regardless of your reality, uh, and has remained doom in my head ever since. I love that Michael's basically in the background cleaning up like, hey, you don't have to go home, but you can't sleep here. Let's, let's... <laughs> Hey, warriors, two meters away. Okay, so here's the thing about these Marvel shows, because I'm not going to just let you shit on Marvel shows. It's like I let people shit on Hannah Barbera. Um, there are bad ones. Everyone uh, should fan- shit on Hanna-Barbera. What the nope, fuck are you talking they, about? No, Cut out are, whatever he has to say after this. I I, I I can't have this conversation right now. There are really great <laughs> Hanna-Barbera shows. I mm. really can't have this conversation. However, the Fantastic Four and Iron Man are the only two bad uh, Marvel shows from the 90s. X-Men actually fucking slaps. It is uh, reminiscent of the Claremont X-Men comics. Mm. And Spider-Man's okay. But don't don't come at me with this. I don't I don't has, appreciate. Has anyone that. ever said the '90s X-Men show was bad? Dude, people uh, of my generation it, say that all the time. It what is not <laughs> the sharpest well. criticism that I have ever heard is that the the theme song is basically a sped up version of um, 
a Norwegian theme song of a fucking like lady cop assassin <laughs> theme song. I just brought you guys the better theme song. I just want to say the Japanese theme song. Guess what? It's just shout and it's like Japanese like words. I want Whitney Houston's <laughs> whatever you want from me, X Men. Whatever you need. I feel like yeah, the, it's, I feel I'm your like baby designated tonight. driver of this podcast yeah. right now. This is you, you absolutely are, fucking, and you need to take better control. <laughs> Turn this into the garage. I'm tired. All right, uh, I think we should play a video response because we're okay. kind of really drunk. Yeah, yes. we're, and we're way over time. Uh, Red Rock nine sixty three sure. says, "Coming at you from my couch with my two kitty buddies, Alice and Murray." Um. Just so you know, I don't, like, stage these videos. The reason why they're always in my videos is because I can't sit on the couch for five minutes without at least one of them being in my lap. They love me. And talking about intros I love, I love Portal 2. Nice. Oh, yes, yes, this is my Wheatley plush. He's one of my favorite plushes I own. Um, I think that that intro is cool because it introduces you to Wheatley right off the bat. It's a neat tutorial. You have no idea what the hell is going on, even when Wheatley um, completely moves the apartment that you're stuck in, and you see the outside, and it's all decrepit, and it's just crashing apart around you. And then at the very end, you're crashing through a wall, and then you end up in the exact same testing facility that you started at at the very beginning of Pool 1, which I thought was an excellent callback. Just, oh, that, that, that. That intro just gets me every time. I love that game. I love Portal. I wish that there was a Portal 3, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Anyway, I hope you guys have an excellent week, and I shall talk to you guys later. Love you, Red Rock, and I just hey, checked. Uh, Portal 2 is backwards compatible on Xbox One, and I oh, should nice. have it somewhere. Oh, and I'm going nice. to go play it right after this. I've, I've never played any Portal game. You're missing oh, out. You're an asshole, and you shouldn't be <laughs> on the show. You should at least play Portal 1. Come on. Normally, I would discourage uh, that kind of name-calling, but yeah, I'm, I'm, no, he's right. Like, All right, finally, wrong. Cody Laveau says... Hey, gang, it's Cage Crippler, Cody Laveau. There's a big shaggy bison and a couple of emus just Yay. warming up on me to see what I'm doing. And what I'm, I'm not, not shaggy. I'm going to talk about uh, my favorite intro in gaming, which is uh, Portal 2. Now, you can easily Again. pick uh, pretty much anything <laughs> Valve did. Um, Half-Life 1 and 2 are both really great, but Portal 2, I think uh, what it does really well is it shows rather than tells. Whether uh, you are starting with the second game or whether um, this is your first video game ever, I think that that can serve as the perfect kind of intro. It serves as the tutorial, you know, like when Wheatley shows up and you're in what you think is like a hotel room. Press B to uh, admire the art or whatever that was is hilarious um press a to speak and it just makes you jump uh great great stuff um and then um you sort of see everything just break apart and you realize that nobody's really in control of anything because what you thought was your hotel room is actually a pod and uh and then uh everything breaks apart you fall out of it and you realize that the jungle has overtaken this and it's oh shit it's hundreds if not thousands of years uh, you might be the last human being on earth like and it does that without having to say anything and i think that's brilliant uh, but yeah love the intro to portal 2 really the first 15 minutes up until gladys forms up and you go oh shit we're back on this ride again it's great um, or even if you haven't you 
you, you really get the menace if this is the first time that you've ever played anything by Valve. Uh, you get the... <laughs> the crickets? A severity of what's going on. And it conveys that so well with showing rather than telling. And when it does tell, it's pretty damn funny. So we'll see you guys next week. Later, Bison and Emus. Oh, the Emus are right there. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Love you. I hope you're all staying as healthy as as you can possibly be. Thanks, Cody. I promise all that uh, wind noise was his microphone and not mine. Yeah, C- Cody calling yeah. in from the uh, Final Fantasy airship this week. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, new question of the week. Uh, do you prefer remakes or remasters? By which I mean, would you rather play a prettier version of a game that you remember? Or do you want a whole new game that reimagines the same story and characters that you loved back in the day? Uh, I'm going to say I love I love remakes. I love the current crop of remakes that we've had. I love when a game revisits a familiar story and injects something new into it that I wasn't expecting. I think the older I get, the more uh, happy I am when a story changes something. Like, I, I used to be very like, no, that's not how it goes. And now I don't care. I'm, I'm yeah. like, ch- right. change the story, change, change elements of it, create a new timeline, create a new experience. I am all for that. And, Impregnate and, my mother. I don't care. Yes. I, I feel like that's the better way to revisit these things and just like, yeah, I'm playing the same game and I'm, I've kind of lost interest now. Unless it's Shadow of the Colossus, which is amazing. I, yeah. I have, I have a, um, remember that news story of, uh, the Mario remakes? Mm-hmm. And like, you can just, remaster port like uh copy paste and i know it's something simple of uh, uh of mario galaxy and uh mario sunshine but like you need to do something to mario 64 mm. that needs to be remade well mm. uh and a lot of work needs to be put into it yeah it needs a remake not so much a remaster i, I mean it's still, the it's still one of the best games the of all 3DS time 3ds version right like was that that, that is a that though uh DS, uh, Super Mario, DS, Super Mario, uh, yeah, 64 DS, which is a perfect remake, actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> <with> terrible. <laughs> no, I'm assuming someone disagrees. It's no. a good remake. <laughs> no! Okay, the the the, the thumb peripheral no. is not no! great, but the, it's a good remake. No, it was a, it was a good <laughs> remake on a system that could handle it at the time, and it was before that system had a, a an analog pad. Uh, and and uh, the 3DS when you threw it in there, like holy shit, Mario 64 DD works better than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be really neat to see it on a modern system. And uh, but but also to, to get like what Michael was saying, the Shadow of the Colossus treatment, like not just a uh, don't redesign the game, but like you know redesign the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, mm. with 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 uh, better. Better textures and polygons and frame rate and and like no one's really really can do that but Nintendo. Mm. All right, uh, Matt, do you want to go first or you want me to go? Sure, I'll go. Um, so it it I won't. This won't be my final answer. I will take a side, but I will say this: like if I missed a game the first time around, I am totally fine with remasters. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. The fact that there have been games where I missed them and then it's like, oh, I get to play like an updated visual version. That's amazing. Love it. Um, but if I had to choose, I'm going to go remakes. Uh, just, you know, I love seeing 
alternate takes, especially if they do actually kind of make choices and have alternate takes on things, or what this Final Fantasy VII remake thing is doing, which is like kind of like a Criterion collection of seven, where it's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna show you every little side thing that we just referenced in that game. We're gonna we're gonna spend hours on it, and you can really live in this game that you that you hold so dear. So uh, yeah, I, I think if I had to choose a uh, remake, but hey, I'd love a good remaster if I missed the game first time around. But I, I won't replay a game usually that I already played if it's just remastered. I'm like, nah. Shadow of the Colossus right. I did because that was amazing. But mm-hmm. right. Um, so I look at this as coming from um, as the creative side, right? Like, um, I find the remaster more rewarding because the the great thing about a remaster as opposed to a remake is being able to see at, at an artistic level. What do you see that you would do differently and you would move forward, right? Like, I've always, like, had a prevalent thought in my mind. If I was ever to remake a movie, I want to do Back to the Future. But not do Back to the Future, like, one-to-one to what the the Robert Zemeckis Back to the Future is. I want to do my version of it, right? I want to tell my story. And I think that's where the remake is imperative, and important because being able to tell your story and your version of the story that you may have loved like Back to the Future is my favorite movie and that's like the story I love like how I would tell that version of it right I feel so like we're would... getting into Jodorowsky's Dune territory <laughs> right but I mean but that's that's the thing it's like I want to I love the you remake you cannot because... respect the woman you have to <laughs> rape the woman like oh my god what are you talking about you crazy Chilean asshole <laughs> but like being able to recontextualize the story that you love and put it in a different point of view, I think that's more important, and that's why I like the remake as opposed to the remaster. A remaster is great, especially if a game has just recently come out. Like making like Last of Us remaster, perfect, right? Because it looks good. But I like a remake. Like, I would want a mm. par rapper to rapper. Hmm. Remake as opposed to par after the rapper. Say it remaster. again. Say it again. I want to hear it one more time. <laughs> par rapper, the rapper. That is the name uh, of the series. What if Parappa right. is gangsta now? He's not a sweet kid anymore. That's Ma Rappa. Take the yearling around the tree, <laughs> tie him to a tree, and shoot him. Ma Rappa. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. So, what do you prefer, remasters or remakes? Let us know. Go to vidigameapocalypse.com, answer under the comments for episode 363. Alternately, visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. That's been our show. That's been episode 363. Let's go with some plugs. Trav, once again, PNB Podcast, where? Absolutely. PNBpodcast.com. Um, you can follow it at PNBcast on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Travis L. Foster. But don't. I don't want your follows. I don't need your pity follows. Oh, you're thinking I'm still getting this bit from Big E. I'm not. I don't need your follows. I'm good. I'm at 300. I'm fine. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Chris? Uh, I don't care. Like, laser time. Enjoy the show. Leave me alone. Wait, are we, wait, are we doing, is it, are we at Gene Gene, the dancing machine yet? Yes, yes. God damn it. I want, I don't know if I want to do a video of me 
doing like a TikTok, one of those TikToks. You, as you might Gene have to Gene. reignite the, the 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 love for the Gong Show by being Gene Gene the gen- Dancing Machine. Yeah, Gene, uh, oh, you, you better make up your mind quickly. We only have like half an hour left in this episode. I'm All just, right, I'm like this saying. week's laser time is is is, is TL's on with Sarah. We're talking yes. about forgotten movie adaptations, like like pretty much everything we love today has been. Adapt into a movie, but what if your favorite thing was made into a movie and the whole world forgot it existed and you couldn't even buy it on DVD? Yeah, that's where we are. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a good episode. I I, I really enjoyed the episode. I'm it, hammered. It, Don't it, make me plug things. And then Chris, all that. And then Chris brought me into the greatest character of television history, which is Gene Gene. The dancing They're machine. dancing machine! <laughs> oh my god, there's not enough 70s coke for me to get excited for this. My favorite Sonic spinoff was Gene Gene the Dance Machine's Mean Bean Machine. Mm. I um, would play that! Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, so Cheap Podcast is the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. Um, a lot of shit went down this week in the wrestling <laughs> world that TL and I will, will have to recap soon. Did so, you know uh, the WWE is an essential business? Oh, Michael, you're way behind. And then they fired a lot of people today. So. In a world where the, the president wasn't a, a dumb clown, like this would have been insane. It's just it's just rampant corruption in front of your face. It's, it's, there's a lot going into it, and eventually, me and Matt are going to sit down and discuss it because it's just it out. a lot. There's yeah, just got, a lot. We got some takes. We got some we, takes. We have some takes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, check us out on Twitter at Cheap Podcast, and then hit me up. I am at Maddie C Allen. All right, well, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or follow me personally at Wikiparas. Don't know why you do that. I'm occasionally funny, I guess. But anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.